0: The Protect Your Neck Podcast, UFC Vegas 82 and Bellator 301 Breakdown. Picks, plays, and whatever else comes our way, let's go to work. Hot air hangs like a dead man, from a white oak tree. People sitting on porches, thinking how things used to be. Dark night. It's a dog night. night, it's a dark night. Hey there. what's going on everybody? Dan Tom here, analysts you can find over MMA MMAJunkie.com as well as Action Network. But on this here program, the Protect Your Neck Podcast, we break down high-level MMA. That's what we're going to do here today tonight. Whenever you're listening to this, hopefully it's before the fight, recording this Usual time and place, Thursday night. As uh, <laughs> unprepared as I as I looked, and as odd as that angle may have been, it's all good. We're going to be getting a new camera, so hopefully that means I no longer need to fry my eggs on this keyboard, which means you don't have to hear a fan struggling. We might actually even get a better camera, the one that I actually bought with the uh, old YouTube Sigma 18 uh, lens and all that. Well, we will see. But that's not what you guys are here for. We're here to talk MMA. Particularly UFC Vegas 82 as well as Bellator 301 as you might have saw snuck up on the thumbnail there Shout outs to my guy by the way Fanyo from the fight site there I have been really bad about shouting him out uh, great analyst, uh, good friend, uh, helps this program uh, You know whether it's on camera as he's a guest sometimes or uh, behind the scenes And uh, the fight site uh, Fanyo uh, definitely full of people you should support um, especially when you have people uh, in need, like my guy uh, Tooman there, been sharing things on that. I uh, uh, don't want to get too hung up on one thing or the other, but I do need to uh, get these important shout outs out. So if you want to help support good analysts, uh, some good people, uh, make sure you check out the fight site, uh, the fight site.com, uh, as well as analysts like uh, Fenio at Feno, uh, F E N O X Sky. Um, not sure where Toomans Zach, because he's been uh, having to escape uh, uh, wars, conflicts, whatever the heck you want to call it, uh, over in certain parts of the world, And uh, but there's and there's a bunch of other good podcasts on their feed as well. Um, shout out to the uh, Forbidden Technique guys, those guys are awesome as well. Um, while we're on it, Grappling Hour, shout out to my guy Raph Esparza, I got to get some grappling in with him, if you guys, uh, that's that name sounds familiar, Raph's an OG uh, host co host however you want to put it, of the Verbal Tap Podcast with Kevin Phillips. Miss those guys. Uh, but Raph still keeps it going uh, at thegrapplinghour.com if you want to support another OG. Uh, good people, good analysis, but more importantly, it's funny. He's funny. He keeps it entertaining, man. Uh, and then, of course, got to shout out my guy, D Loves Turmeric. Of course, that's D underscore loves underscore turmeric on Twitter. The Turmeric Tonic. Make sure you add that. R. It's T-U-R-M-T. E-R-I-C-A, I-C, turmeric, Tumerica. Tumerica. Uh, turmeric, tonic.com Of course, use code PROTECT15, you get 15% off that, a little bit of lemon, a little bit of ginger, and a nice big, a little mini, miniature uh, orange, uh, orange container of sorts, you know, you get the turmeric, the anti-inflammatories, very useful, um, especially if you get your joints tugged on like I've been, oh boy have I been getting my butt kicked. Um, but uh, yeah, we are not here to talk about that I just wanted to get those shouts out of the way We're going to recap UFC 295 uh, As per usual, we always recap the week before For any new listeners, welcome to the show um, And uh, you know, uh, we're all going to do um, some well-overdue um, Amazon and iTunes shouts That shouldn't take too much longer than the shouts that I just got out of the way And of course, after that We're going to be breaking down Bellator 301 and then UFC Vegas 82 from top to bottom. So I'm going to streamline rather quickly. Thank you guys for already popping in the chat. You know I'll be hitting you guys up in between. And for those of you listening in the future, 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 no worries. You are not stuck with me any longer than you have to be. I go out of my way to make some timestamps that are useful, whether you're in the show notes Uh, On iTunes, Uh, by the way, five-star ratings and reviews. I don't know if I'll get to those today, but I'm overdue to shout those. So if you want to get your name shouted, support the show, do something nice, do something for free. Helps everybody. Uh, Those are great. You can check the timestamps as per usual. If you listen through that medium or hello, YouTube, if you're listening, uh, watching live, or more importantly, like I'm talking about in the future, um, after the show here wraps live, I go back. Even when I'm starving and needing to eat, and I will... Sometimes I'll do it at the same time while I'm eating, depending on what I'm eating. Usually some salmon and rice. I can manage it. And I'll kind of watch. I'll get some timestamps along. You'll get some nice, thorough timestamps if you want to jump ahead to fights or individual fights. So, now that all the formalities are finally out of the way, let's get to this. we got a lot to talk about. Let's get to it. Oh, what's up, real Susan Truesdale in the chat. P-A-I-N is back in full force. You bet it is. I got some... Oh, Jin Karasu over here says... I got some turmeric tonic. Um, I got some turmeric tonic. Does it does it taste like spicy lemonade juice to you? Yeah, it does. Uh, like you mentioned back, uh, like you mentioned back then, it makes no sense and doesn't get my fingers orange. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And as somebody who actually like uh, will chop the turmeric as well to put it in the smoothies. Um, yeah, that orange gets everywhere. The rags, the nice, it's a whole cleanly mess. Let my guy D. Love do it for you. It is a lot easier. Good notes there. James Kendrick in the house. Hey, Dan, I like the guests, but I think the solo sh- uh, but I like the solo shows better because you are a cool dude. Wow, I appreciate that. I don't know about that, but, uh, thanks. I guess, um, you know, you speak it into existence and maybe if I keep, you know, uh, not, is not my intention, but, uh, you know, you keep, you know, saying, you know, you're, like, like the Asian Bill Burr or something over here. And it's, yeah, it's going to be more of a solo podcast like that, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I try to keep it going as best I can for you guys. And I appreciate the guests, uh, even though booking is tough. Props to shows out there who do regular guests like that. That ain't easy. Thankfully, I've got a bunch of really freaking cool people who, uh, are just so easy to just chill and come on the show with, so I've been very lucky. Ghost Phantom in the house. Dan, good to see you. Love Fanyo. He's awesome and so are you. Yes, Fanyo definitely deserves a shout. Uh speaking of one enforcer to another, my guy Jimmy Kudo. Jimmy Kudo598. Hey Dan, Enforcer is here. I'm sure Enforcer2 will be here soon. Sure enough, he followed right behind you. You know the you know the room too well, Jimmy Kudo. Rain Lamina in the house. Yaroslav Amosov took Oliver. <laughs> Koslov. I don't know what I did. I just do a mo from the Simpsons? How are you, Dan? If you read the first part, I bispinged you. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, Oliver, close off. I get it now. I'm so slow to the right. Woo! I appreciate you, Rain Lamina. You're the man. All right, guys. I, I, I had give love to the, the, the chat. Uh, we're going to kick off here. I'm going to get a little time. 6.55. We'll call that 7. <clears throat> Let's get into the UFC uh, 295 recap. Um, it was a good night. Like, of course got to sport the Poetan shirt here. Fits me really well, man. I I I, I mean I've made this joke before. Like since I was in my band T-shirt days, like I used to. I was such a T-shirt snob that like I could tell if the T-shirt was gonna fit well. Like whether it was like oh Fruit of the Loom, okay, that's better quality. I'm talking like 2007 here. Uh, whereas like uh, there'd be other like brand T-shirts and stuff where I'd be like, God damn it, why don't you guys go s- cheap on your merch? Don't go cheap on your merch. Um, my band was was crappy. We only toured like a few states in the West Coast, and we we didn't skip out on our merch. Like you guys have no excuse, some of you bands. Um, but I used to joke like I, I I mean I you could have a shirt that says like you know come dumpster on and I, I'll wear it if it like fits good like not not really literally but like this the like I I feel like I have such a, I don't know if any of you guys seriously have, have this tr- trouble I have such a no matter what shape I've been in throughout my life mediums, larges, different shapes through both those sizes. Finding a shirt that fits is, is is really tough, but with no, I'm just kidding. It Sounds like I was gonna roll into an advertisement. You're welcome to fucking throw some money at me, people. But yeah, um, I was like, man, I, I I I just I just want a shirt that fits at this point. I don't need no no fancy things. Uh, but Poetan did not skimp out skimp out on his merch. I will say that uh, the man put some quality into his merch there. So yeah, uh, of course uh, it was a good night capped off by Poetan. We went nine and four overall in picks, three and one in straight plays, two and two in props. One and four in the round robin, which of course uh, means we didn't get anything from there, which of course means we went 0 and 1 for the long shot parlay. But officially, we went plus 5.83 units overall. I actually did better uh, than that in the air quote um, untrack plays. And uh, to be fair, um, I talked to it like most people don't do with the untracked. They either don't show their slips, which I've done before. I didn't this time because I didn't want to be obnoxious. It was a really nice winning night. Uh, I did about 3x that units Untracked um, But it was also stuff That I did say beforehand Because people either They don't post their slips Or they don't post the losers Along with the winners right Beforehand After um, uh, But particularly number 2 Beforehand people You know if they do uh, untrack They usually don't say it beforehand um, I actually said some of those things Like the uh, uh, the alternate round robin I did at one house Where I took like uh, Rebecca round 1 And I had, or I had Like Diego Lopez round 1 Or something uh, uh, Diego Lopez KO in there and that paid off, or uh, stuff that I said on this year's show, um, which was a parlay that I was thinking about pulling the trigger, and I kind of talked myself out of it. Even though, um, even though uh, my guest, shout out to Luca Fury, by the way for his time, even if it's like not his style, you know, again the conversation me and Luca had, just because you don't have the same betting style doesn't mean it's not bad. Doesn't mean it's bad. Doesn't mean it's it's, it's not profitable. Uh, even and sure enough, that parlay that I gave out, I ended up pulling the trigger on. Um, but I did it uh, at the uh, Untracked at, at the, at the sports book After all my work was turned in The plays are input, tracked And you know um, Ready to post and whatnot. Um, but I did play that parlay that I gave out here That did hit um, So again it was stuff that uh, I did give to you guys In different mediums if you wanted to uh, Tail or use that analysis uh, Heretofore um, But yeah at the top of the card <clears throat> And I'll, I'll touch on you guys at the end I just want to get through these sections We had, we had a lot to cover today Appreciate you guys always hit the like button really appreciate that There's super thanks which you guys can I forget the name of it super thanks that's the name of it um, you know like if, if you know I did give you a good tip on this card or the last card for you gamblers out there um, and you know you want to support the the free program some way you can always go back after that you know if you're like you know listen you know listen I'm not gonna wait to see how the service is before I tip that's how it goes and you're not wrong that that that, that is logic you know, uh, though I will say living here in Vegas, I will say when you tip before the meal, that's what you do at the nice places in Vegas. You tip before the meal, you'll get a different experience, especially if it's a place with the maitre d' folks. I didn't have anybody to teach me these things. It may sounds obvious to you, but yeah, got to do these things, right? So uh, whether it's before or after, whatever your style is, feel free. That being said, the show's going to remain free. I'm still going to love you guys. I'm still going to answer questions uh, no matter what. Um, that being said uh, those people who do uh, hit the super chat will get the uh, exclusive I'll make sure it hit you on the way out and I just say that because today I-, I feel bad even though I shouldn't uh, but I-, I might not be able to get to everybody today uh, Alex Pareda de- defeated uh, Yuri Prohachka. Um this was this was definitely a, a fun one um, <clears throat> uh, I was watching this with a company like this kind of back half of the card and it was funny um, just, just from the walkouts and and, and um Uh, like, not knowing anything, Uh, someone that I I, I was watching it with, she was like, I feel like, uh, you know, this guy means business. He doesn't mess around, uh, Poetan. But she she was like, I really like this this Yuri guy. He seems really chill and, like, at peace and good energy. And it was just funny for someone that didn't even, like, you know, watch the previews or or follow the sport. I'm like, yeah, you kind (laughs) of nailed the vibe there both guys are putting out, you know, which is... Uh, Pretty impressive to pick up on when you consider the staleness of the, you know, I almost said Reebok walkout. But you know what I mean, the the sponsorship era walkout that we're so numb to the UFC um, UFC these days. Uh, uh, But yeah, um, of course, the first uh, round starts. Now, I didn't go back to watch these, and I'm not scoring these live. Um, One company bets, uh, maybe I'm having an adult beverage. Uh, I think I actually checked off all three of those boxes, so I, I try to respect that uh, and don't throw those scores out there again. Just because I'm a, you know, just because uh, you know, I and I can be an annoying asshole, and uh, I took the uh, criteria courses doesn't mean I have to be an annoying asshole rubbing in the fact of criteria courses or whatever. You know, uh, listen, um, I I did score that first round, not that it matters for Poetan, but. Uh, Maybe it's because I tend to overcorrect the steering wheel, especially when I have bet and bias at play, which I did. Uh, but also because you know we, we you know we've seen the uh, front half of rounds kind of ignored. We've seen leg kicks debasing leg kicks, even really bruising and debasing leg kicks, with Poetan. check those boxes. Uh, we've seen that those not you know graded uh, properly as well, at least to our opinion, right? So neither was crazy, and I, I don't think it's crazy to get hung up in any uh, arguments on that one. And, uh, yeah, uh, it was hard to tell how clean Poetan was getting hit, but, like, again, like, it, people that were on the the Papachka side saying the right hand, like, you weren't crazy, like, again, the analysis, you know, for what it's worth, I say it to myself, I'm definitely gonna, you know, keep that same energy, uh, outward to others, but, like, you know, it's not crazy, I, I'm a big Poetan fan, obviously, I go crazy, uh, you know, and again for the you know, an annoying asshole or whatever, and say what you will about bad bets or bad beats, because I've had bad bets too. We all have. You're not being honest with yourself if you haven't. Being said, your boy's analysis hasn't been bad, right? I mean, I've been telling you guys about Poiton round two and hitting Poeton round two bets since uh, Andreas Mikalidis' UFC debut. Uh, did it against Sean Strickland, who's now the UFC middleweight champion. That was my read there. Round two here. Uh, So it was it was really 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 gratifying that being said, I'm not crazy. It was also uh, um, It was also, you know, a a risky fight to bet which is why I didn't you know, uh, I didn't bet crazy as much as I you know Taking a deserved victory lap I don't want to victory lap too hard or anything on a crazy fight like this Obviously Poetan's a guy that can be beat again back to people who had the right-hand analysis, which I did as well again They're not crazy. So don't feel too bad uh, as far as that goes, but at the same time, man, I, I, I and it's and nothing against Yuri, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Yuri, uh, style, swagger, all that, um, but yeah, man, I'm a big Poetan fan, and uh, so it feels good when the analysis lines up with the personal biases and, and bets and all those checkboxes, you know, ends, ends on a winning night, it was a, a really good pay-per-view objectively, regardless if you bet, right, we've got... Which again it wasn't anything crazy that I predicted. The odds predicted it. I think we all kind of had the had the gist that this could be an early night across the board on the main card, and it was. And uh, that is the danger. Why I don't like about betting is that you risk putting sour tastes on what is ultimately an awesome, you know, form of art expression sport. However you want to define it, whatever you like about it, it's pretty awesome. And uh, it's really awesome when those things line up together because you could risk you could risk spoiling it, right? So it was a good night there. Tom Aspinall, of course, defeated Sergei Pavlovich. Another crazy fight to bet. But again, you got to go with your reads, but not go too crazy. And again, we're, we're betting lines that uh kind of make more sense if we're not betting the plus money. You know, old Dan Tom here. Uh, I like, you know, old Jack. I'm talking like I'm freaking a uh, dude from uh, Kurt Russell from Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, You know me, I, I like playing, you know, uh, playable chalk is under minus 150. And uh, I really like just getting close to even money as I can get. Uh, that's essentially what Tom Aspinall's money line was at a certain point if he pulled the trigger, but I uh, did not catch that dip, and I just kind of kicked for the coverage of the heavyweight chaos, uh, which is inside the distance, you know, and I said, don't be scared off of what happened to probably a lot of us, I imagine with the Jailton Almeida Derek Lewis from the previous week. Uh, this one was gonna be crazy. It was. Um, I was hoping we got you know the submission because that if we had that, uh, that was the last leg on the round robin. And, uh, you know, we could have hit that, but I'm obviously not complaining. It was a winning night. Um, and uh, Pavlovich will will fight again. These two will fight again. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to see uh, Tom Aspinall, who, you know, uh, is now going to be splitting this heavyweight lineage into two because, you know, the UFC, God forbid they give Fra- Francis's due daps, and God, God forbid they don't own the uh, greatest of anything, right? So they're essentially, you know... It's essentially Wesley Snipes and Slice Stallone, you know, and Demolition Man is what Steve Miocic and John Jones right now. They've got him on ice until the greatest heavyweight or the greatest light heavyweight can do it out to me. It was the greatest everything weight. And Dana can jerk off and say, he told you so, right? So uh, I'm rooting for Aspinall to kind of be the disruptor and and all that. Um, (coughs) uh, I see you guys in the chat. I'm going to take a break on the main card after the main card here, and, and, and get to some of you guys there. Jessica Andrade defeated Mackenzie Dern. Sorry about your ears there. Um, and again, I, I did, not to be an annoying, annoying asshole on that one, but uh, I did have to do the uh, I told you so and get too excited. I wasn't even drunk or anything like that, folks, when I was tweeting that stuff. Uh, it was just sheer excitement. I think a lot of that, too, was kind of built up. You know, Again, betters in the audience, feel free. Um, even though, you know, as a good human being or as a effective better either one of those things are two different things obviously but both those things common thread is you don't want to take things personally obviously it's 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 a bet or whatever this or that obviously I don't take things personally obviously I'm a fan of Mackenzie Dern. And I don't wish her well even with uh my victory lap I think uh, as I usually am one of the few and only I, I hope she's all right because it was a concussive loss right uh so again it's nothing personal but yeah you know you know, it's like uh, you know when I when I cash opposite Macy Barber or someone else who kind of you know got one over when you know, you feel like they shouldn't have and then on a certain play that cost you, and you know you almost keep that mental tab you know so when you get it back you're like oh bah thankful thank, you. thank you. there was an empty spot in my heart and now we're now all is right again you know you know you, you, someone is who you thought they were in the negative while the other person you've been defending in the positive is who they thought they were proves who they thought they were. you thought they were there you know what I'm saying it's, it's Two of the same things, but two of the different things, and they both happen at the same time. It's it's very sweet. You guys know I'm a big Jessica Andrade fan, as a fighter, as a person. Uh, just you know, you know, seeing and hearing her take all the you know from the discounting of the matchup to you know uh, all, all the OnlyFans stuff, which I'm not policing people's jokes or whatever like that. I'll, I was just explaining that uh, that you know as it's public information. Her situation sounded kind of ugly when you hear somebody was forced to. Being taken advantage of, monetarily forced to do stuff like that—like that—that's kind of dark. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, the, the you know, like it's not you know, didn't sound like she was doing it by her own choice. Which, you know, my opinion, I'm all for, I'm all for the jokes, folks. But I just kind of felt weird with that one, right? So watching her just take all this when it sounded like life was already kind of giving her the the one-two in and out of the cage. Um, even just bets aside, just just oh. Dan Tom loving his underdogs and rooting for people having a hard time in life. Like I just ah, oh, just felt good. Just felt good, right? Um and Dern had her moment too. She had her divorce during last time. But uh again, these things are real. And um aside from the analysis, even the other like weird stuff like that was analysis sure, but not maybe non fight analysis or non technique analysis, like talking about the corners. You know, I was joking with Luca, like, hey, how many times is, hey, she's going to have a significant other and, and a family member and a father in her corner. How many times have family members, fathers, and significant others, I mean, what's their record in corners and turning careers around to the negative, right? And again, you know, as soon as, and as soon as they cut to the corner, like, let's see what Dern's corner's saying. Oh, no, Perillo there. What are they saying? Thug life. Thug life. Thug life. I was just like, oh, I was just like. I wanted to just start doing that I told you so's then But I didn't want to jinx myself You know what I'm saying At that point I was like This is what I told you Guys was going to happen And um, And uh, and yeah um, We had uh, uh, You know And, and Andraj You know Don't get me wrong You know Dern was doing her typical And don't worry It was scaring me too Because Andraj was, was A She was cutting it too close And even though Yeah Boohoo On, on people doubting her. At the same time, like people were doubting her for a reason. I'm not I'm not being totally unfair here, folks, in my victory lap. And like, you know, it, it was a very po- real possibility we could have seen a regression. But as I pointed out with the age, the time she's been fighting to the Brazilian war horse theory, she kind of checked all those boxes. And boy, did she check the boxes emphatically on Saturday. Um, <clears throat> and uh, she thug-lifed it. Um, of course, uh, I think Brian Miner was the out-judge in this one. Um and we'll talk about why because you know the uh, he was the out judge, I believe, in the Lupi Goodinez tab at the Ricci where he scored it all for Ricci, and then I guess he scored round one for Dern. And uh and it was funny because <laughs> I think a couple podcasts ago and, and and by the way, I I I I, uh, I said something nice about Brian Miner both on, on this podcast and a recent podcast. So back on the previous conversation on the last podcast I had with Luca as far as my bad juju, when I compliment these judges, bad things happen. Like, sure enough, Brian Miner, now now he is public enemy number one. Now he is taking his turn on the, you know, on the, uh, you know, uh, boo, throw fruit at you. Like, it's medieval times, you know, uh, he's strapped up there, right? The judges all take their turn. And what's even funnier, <laughs> because I saw one of the quotes where people were just laying into him. And, hey, listen, I'm not, I try to perpetuate, um, you know, the low-hanging fruit. Just blaming the judge, blaming the... I, I try to actually attribute and talk about what actually happened, than just blanket blaming and, and and specifying and pointing at names. I don't like to do that, but I did find it funny when I went through one of the quote tweets of people laying into him. Was like uh, somebody pointed out like tonight Brian Miner has da, da, da and it was and it was like scored every fight for Deborah the Ricci, scored the first round for Dern, and something to quote tweet it was like motherfucker out here judging the booties. <laughs> I just. Uh- Because a few podcasts ago, I had a really typical Dan Tom dirty thought that I actually had the discipline to like withhold from you guys, but uh, it was uh, it was essentially gonna be uh, (laughs) just funny. I don't know how I got there. I think it was like similar to like that hypothetical, you know, with like uh, I don't even want to say it. It was a dirty joke, but uh, it kind of fit the, uh, the the. the butt judging things. I just I just wanted to shout out that quote tweeter because that that was that was funny. And in 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 um, <clears throat> Brian Miner's defense, uh, even though I don't dis- I disagree with the scorecard, it was clear at the Ricci fight. Um, just to jump to that real quick, and I'll skip over it once we get to it, just to blow through this. But um, he gave her like two two of the rounds, and he wasn't the only out judge in that fight. I think there was out judges on each of the rounds because it was a deceptively close fight in certain ways, right? So it was just one of those weird ones. But uh, Ricci has big moments at the end of round one and round two, and he, clearly those worked on him. And but he, since he was the out judge, and you know for that and something else, by the time that just and Dern rolls around, it's the same thing. And he's a, he's a ref as well. But it's the same thing with a ref. If they stop it early and they get shit, they're probably gonna have some late stoppages either that night or in Keith Peterson's case for the rest of his career. Um, and it's the same thing with judges, right? So it, it's very it's very easy to deduce just by using some human nature. Uh, reasoning here by saying, "Oh, he was swayed and ended up being way off by the visual, even though he wasn't the only out judge in that fight, right?" So naturally, he's like, "I don't." These judges are human beings, folks. Like they don't want controversy. Maybe Doug Crosby, but outside of Doug Crosby, like they don't want controversy. They they were very passionate. They are very knowledgeable. They very care much about their job and the sport. Um. So he doesn't want to stick out. So at the end, you know, you got Andraj Rightfully, they don't like to use the word stealing the round, but likefully kind of earning back the round um, definitively with the r- rocking of the knockdown of Dern. And you could totally see, like, oh, yeah, he probably was scared because he was like, oh, I was the out judge for getting swayed. I'm not going to get swayed this time, when that was actually much more of a case for the round uh, with a big action at the end than the previous two, if you get what I'm saying. But either way, it didn't matter because Andrade knocked her out, took some Andrade round props, and... Um, which were really nice, uh, as well as you guys know. I tend to do that, you know, um, whether they make the official plays or not. Like kind of with Jonathan Martinez uh, the, other, the other the other week, um, if they're gonna put some good numbers on it at, at my book, I'm gonna I'm gonna fire. And I did that with Andraj. Uh, she also we also had her by KO in the round robin, which didn't produce money, uh, but was still nice. You know, she did her job right. Um, next we have Benoit St. David defeat Matt Steamroller for Vola. Should have stuck with my initial. <clears throat> that it was going to be Benoit Saint-Denis, you know, which was the obvious pick. Uh was wrong, but it didn't matter for our grand total. Uh Steamroller also did look you know good in the grappling part, you know, it was a bit shaky with the striking, didn't really have time to settle in. Um and that was a, a hell of a shot uh that was a hell of a shot off the break, you know. Um you know, we'll, we'll see more Saint-Denis. Um it looked like he I don't know if he was trying to do speed changes. But he was throwing his kick much lighter at first, and I thought that there may have been credence to my potential. A lot of it was the timing and why I took Favolo as well, right? Uh, there's a lot of, of recent miles on Saint-Denis, he looked like he busted up his toes and feet pretty bad. Um, but hey, that same foot got him the win, so uh, good on Saint-Denis. I'm excited to see him in bigger matchups. Diego Lopez comes through round one uh, against Pat Sabatini. Uh, again, my initial thought was not just Diego Lopez, but maybe to be cheeky by decision, and the more I looked at the fight... Um, the more I said, this is going to be a hard time going to decision. You know, Diego Lopez is going to bring out the best in Sabatini win or lose. And if we do get that kind of a fight, it's kind of hard to see it go the distance. And if I am picking Lopez and if I am picking him to finish, well then it's probably most likely going to be in round one where we've seen Pat Sabatini who, you know, a reason why I like Pat Sabatini even more because he does admit these things, right? He's a human being. Uh, they all are folks. Um, but, you know, he deals with a lot of the anxieties and those things and whatnot. And a lot of those guys kind of can be a, maybe a slower starter. Or if they are susceptible to be beaten, it's kind of early, as we've seen before. So that was the round one. And that's why I ended up taking round one at the window when they put like plus 450 numbers on it at the house I was playing at. Steve Ursig defeated Alessandro Costa. I didn't watch much of this. I just remember the third round was boring. Uh, Mateusz Rebecki defeated Roosevelt Roberts. This was one where I was like, when I was looking for stuff to play for fun at the counter again after everything's all in. I'm like, why didn't I... I know you were kind of priced out, but I'm like, the one thing to to play here instead of, like, choose parkering, um, <clears throat> even though I did uh, choose on one of the things I did take a Rebekki KO, which was fine because I also had a, him in round one. It was round one, you know? It was only plus 200, nothing crazy. But when you talk about minus 700 favorites, <clears throat> and especially when it's a minus 700 favorite with a legit experienced guy like Rebekki or Rombeski... <clears throat> against a short notice uh, dude like Roberts who was already on the scale admitting like, hey man like, he's not saying I'm just here for a paycheck or I'm just here, but you know when they were booing him for missing weight, he was just like I just took this on short notice, you know and that right me told me, I was like, oh yeah he's he's just showing up, he's just showing up alright, round one, Rebecca smash that, uh, Nazeem Sidyukov I picked him, and he did win he, no, he didn't win, it was a draw Um, I don't hate the draw He could have scored it for him uh, perhaps a couple of different ways, um, but it was that was just a great fight. Um, did it win fight? Of the, I think it won fight of the night, too, even though I, I think that Van Borjas should have got that. Uh, we'll get that in a second. Uh, Jared Gordon defeated Mark Madsen. Oh, Madsen. Oh, Madsen. Uh, water, please. I would like some water, please. Uh, he was calling for the water big by the end of round one and setting that pace that he did, which was great. I was rubbing my fingers, but I was like, oh, wow, Uh Hopefully he's not gonna gas himself out too much. It looks like we're gonna have a round two finish, not a round three. Nope. <laughs> At the very end of round one, he crumbled faster than expected, even with the live goggles, right? Um that being said, good on good on Jared Gordon. Um if he ended it, that was the reason why I wanted to put him in a parlay. And ended up doing, but not officially, so I can't victory lap. I didn't take credit, nor will I take credit. Obviously on the record, it stays off there. Um but I did call that prior and and, and, and uh, on this show for what it's worth. And, uh, you know, happy for Gordon. Uh, and, and, you know, still, still can cash there. But I uh, missed the round three, of course. Uh, John Castaneda defeated Kyungo Kang. I should have I should have stuck with uh, my pick on Castaneda. And, uh, you know, it was a risky fight either way. So regardless of the pick, I should have stuck with the initial analysis I gave you guys, which at least was the right analysis. Stay away because, again, the price was the same as Diego Lopez. But the reason why I was so confident on Diego Lopez, which we'll get to on some of the dogs that I played here or at least my justification win or lose is that they're going to fight for your money. Whereas Kyung Ho Kang, he's good. He's underrated, uh, deceptive, unheralded. You could, you could, you could lean into those descriptors and be correct, but he's also not the most consistent. And, and, and you're not sure what kind of fight you're going to get from him. And that was kind of the case there. And both guys kind of fought weird. Shout out to my guy, Fenyo, He, he kind of pointed out, they both kind of fought weird and against their type. So it's kind of a frustrating one. Um, just for lack of things to take, I think I ended up firing on Kang, untracked, and, and missed that. So, again, to keep that same energy, not just telling you guys what I want or anything like that. I th- and Again, I tweeted that one out as well uh, before the fact. Joshua Van defeated Kevin Borjas, uh, making me l- look good on the, uh, uh, whatchamacallit... Um, my MMA junkie a pinned article on my list of the uh, prospects to watch this year in 2023. I'm gonna have to get a tally, but everybody's pretty much been kicking ass hands down. Um, minus like, uh, what was his name? The English guy who lost on contender series and that trap bite that he shouldn't have took in the first place. Um, but yeah, outside of that, man, it's been, it's been really good. And, uh, Joshua van, I'm really impressed with this one because it's not that he didn't work the body before, but the scouting report on Borjas is he was more the pronounced body puncher. You know, he had more of the narrow kind of offensive purview. Uh, so maybe that, perhaps that was obviously why. Again, Joshua van whether it's kicks, spinning kicks, body punches, like he's done these things before. But he's such a, a wild and still growing fighter who's in such high intense action fights that you see him kind of spread the love around as far as his arsenal goes. And this fight kind of forced him to answer and get respect in the spot that you know Borjas was dictating in body shots and pressuring boxing and well how do you stop pressure Well, get some body shots of your own right Eddie Alvarez, Justin Gaethje um, and he just came to life finding the, finding the body work there shout out to Ghost Phantom excellent and I mean Ghost Phantom's out there doing like uh, kickboxing and Muay Thai threads Dude, dude's doing everything and the fact that he comes and hangs out in my chat and is one of my enforcers very very grateful for him um, and uh Jamal Emmers defeated uh Dennis Bazooka. I actually missed this fight. Uh I need to go pay respect to the chat because I forgot to hit you guys on the main card. We've got uh Rios and Truesdale plus five point plus point five three units. Congrats, Dan. Thank you for that. I think it's eight point five three, but yes. Um, da, 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 da. Uh, James Kendrick uh, I always love it when Dan gets a winning night even if I don't agree with your picks sometimes it's still cool to watch you win I really appreciate that, that also means you're not a hater you know, I I, I, uh, I really appreciate that this is a lot about your character James, it says more about you than me but I, 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 will, I will take it uh, Jim Carrasso, most of the boys here are just fans of MMA it, it it is okay to bet MMA for fun to add to your point on different MMA styles, yeah sure absolutely that's the right attitude to have Hi, Synchro Wing. Hi to you, sir. Uh, Jin Karasu, most of the boys here are just... Oh, yeah, there we go. We saw that. Uh, Ghost, man, I was wrong about Tom Aspinall. I thought he had to limit the number of exchanges. I don't think he could bang it out the way he did. Congrats to Tom. Yeah, his um, his chin was really good, even though... Uh, I don't know if I emphasized that enough, Um, but his chin... You know, I know Arlovsky wasn't the best benchmark, like I said, but his chin looked really good. He's, he's, he's eating some hard shots. And one thing I didn't mention in that Arlowski fight, which I think people overblown with the gas, I think the more thing to, 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 to that was more of a flag was the amount of shots he was taking from Arlowski. But uh, I went back when to watch that one, and in the post fight interview, um, he mentions he got uh, poked or punched or something in the eye, um, even if it was a legit punch, which I'm sure it was. Not, not casting shade on, on Arlovsky, but just saying that actually makes a lot more sense why he kind of had that look like he was frustrated, right? Maybe it wasn't gassing, right? <laughs> maybe it wasn't, uh, even though his defense, he does play it a little too fast and loose than I would like. That still remains. Let's not let the result overshadow that. Uh, that being said, maybe why he got hit even more in that fight was because of the eye. So that was something that um I forgot to mention last podcast. Rio says in truesdale i've been saying this since 2021 and during your last show i thought Mackenzie dern was uncoachable she trained at fight ready for this camp and looked the worst she's ever been yeah i heard someone say she mentioned training back at fight ready which made sense with the arizona roots and i did see a couple months back a clip with cejudo but you know i don't know how much of camp committal and, you know we it seems like no one really knows the full story yet so it's hard to speculate but that is it that is interesting and i appreciate your guys um notes, Rio Susan Truesdale follows up and asks, do you think she is uncoachable? She trained with Suhudo, bragged about distance control, and fought with her head looking up at the ceiling. Yeah, it was really bad. Um, I didn't see Suhudo in the corner, not that that necessarily would have made a difference, for the striking especially. Um, but uh, yeah, you would want, not that fight ready isn't a great place to go to for those things, but you would want the wrestling more as the focus. That's what everybody, it's the obvious one, we've all been screaming, and uh she almost just borderline arrogant in the fact of not so much that she's adamant against it, but almost just obliviously arrogant to just Huh? Wrestling? Nah, I don't need that. Um, so yeah, I mean, again, you know, give me the better striker and, and wrestler by a country mile there. Synchro Wing, great call on the Dern fade, Dan. I like I, like Rio, have never been a fan of Dern and her weird media backing that make excuses that will get better when she is not. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of that. And, and you know, it annoys hardcore fans like you you guys, and I will say this to the people who do bet in my audience, this is exactly what you want, um, those kind of shots. And we'll talk about maybe getting some more of those um, coming up. But there's a lot of that. Hey, my guy Bill Welker, MMA on the Rocks, another great show, another OG Great show as always, my man. Bedtime on the East Coast. We'll catch up tomorrow. Cheers. Alright, we'll catch up with you, uh, uh, Billy Welks. Uh, Ghost Phantom kicking off the clinch break and a very cool unorthodox butterfly sweep. I wanted to do something on X about that fight, but Matt Fravola follows me now. And I didn't want to disrespect him. Yeah, Matt Fravola seems like a nice guy. He reminds me of like a Michael Rappaport character from a movie. Uh, James Kendrick. I keep seeing on forums that people think that Loopy is a title contender right now. Um... She didn't look that good against Ricci, who's decent but not great. You think Lupi is just the next Sparza? I think that's an interesting comparison. Um, I definitely am not like willing to annoy her, and I'm you know me that's not usually my style to really jump too fast. Uh, that being said, I'm I have said, and I'm still keeping that same energy where I'm high on her for the fact of I compare more to a Diego Sanchez. Um, you know, even though we'll see, she's maturing and, and cleaning up her technique, which is for the better. But her durability, pace, strength, um, in the divisions that she competes in, it's enough to take you a long way. Uh, and I will defend her, I guess, in the sense of this was not the matchup to make any judgments either way, one way or the other, uh, because, and which is the reason why I ended up staying away from this fight, um, kind of talked about my analysis in the last podcast where this is going to be a weird stylistic fight where neither fighter was going to look good. You know what I'm saying? Like, or look great. Um and even if they look better than you thought it we still got one of the we still essentially got a weird contested striking match right so yeah this was this was a hard one to judge her too harshly on mark fellows in the house oh i forgot uh to tune in on time for the jake matthews card jake matthews um i don't I, jake matthews oh i heard he's muslim there now muslim matthews uh nothing to get that i'm just it's kind of funny I, I i didn't realize that like like, uh, the Celtic kid. And he was like, uh, we'll get to Jake Matthews. We'll get to Jake Matthews. Uh, you guys know I got some love for Jake Matthews, uh, with, uh, speaking of Brown, too. Um, and I love saying Jake Matthews, uh, James Kendrick. Shouts to, uh, Joshua Van Bodywork and Ghost Highlighting It. That was excellent. Yes, on the X app. Follow, follow my man Ghost on there. Uh, Matt Polly in the house. Thursday night ritual. Fight breakdowns with Danton. Appreciate you and your sweet Mario Avi, Matt Pauly. All right. Let's, uh, Let's get to it. I want to get to these, uh, get to Bellator and then we'll, uh, I'll I'll sneak in the, I will sneak in, don't worry folks, I'll sneak in the Amazon iTunes shots that I owe you guys. Um, I just want to get to uh, Bellator 301. All right, 38 Belly. All right, Bellator 301 is headlined by Yaroslav (laughs) Amosov. Oliver Klotsov, you set up a bitch, (laughs) Rainbow. He's not facing that. Uh, he is facing, uh, Jason Jackson as I I get the odds up. Um, yeah, minus 430 or minus 470 Amisov plus 360 Jason Jackson, depending where you look. Um, this one I feel fairly priced out of even like the decision is like, I think like minus 135 or something for Amisov, which would be the only thing I would really bet. Uh, I like Jason Jackson, even though people aren't familiar with him. He's quietly become a very well-rounded fighter and one of the better fighters on Bellator's roster that you never heard of, with whatever that means, with those caveats attached. Point is, I'm trying to be nice and provide a compliment. He's a very solid fighter. He's been subjected to some really weird things in his fights, like going back to like his fight on the Tough House with like uh, Michael Graves, where like, it, it was just the worst. Like It proves my point. Like... Whether it's by DQ or just like giving giving up your back like he did to Michael Graves, like that's the problem with you know when you let uh, fighters just keep teeing off on people. You saw it with Eric Andrews' first fight with uh, Darren Stewart, right? You saw it all the way back with John Jones and Matt Hamill. Those DQs and what looked like poor fight decisions, which I'm not defending, but you got to understand the context. It's just this weird thing that has been happening since MMA has been around, where when you have these bad non-stoppages, it leads to fighters making the most stupidest, craziest, someone, you know, uh, it looks like the UFC EA glitch montage going on. Like, that's the kind of shit you get um, with those fights. And, you know, whether it's through the cage, into the cage, around the cage stuff, you know, with the Benson Henderson scraping the face or was it the Neiman Gracie scraping the face fight, You know, the uh, glitch, and all of a sudden, Michael Graves goes from, like, getting 10-7 to where he's on his back to choking him out. Like, uh, some weird stuff that can happen in Jason Jackson fights. But, ultimately, Amisov, um, brings too much of a pace, uh, moves too well, uh, scrambles, fights in too many, uh, competent in too many layers, can extend exchanges in layers and be okay, um, extend the scrambles and be okay. Uh, I think Amosoff wins by decision, um... Again, nothing really to bet on this fight. I'm not looking at parlays. Maybe there's a, a sweet Bellator parlay out there. I don't know. I'll probably shout out to, again, the spirit of shouting out of the shows and other, other people and other betting styles. Shout out to my guy, CJ Safdick from uh, as well as Paul Shag. Good, uh, good dudes there. Uh, Dogger Pass Podcast. I know that CJ's big on parlays, and I know he always comes strong with Bellator. So uh, I don't have much for you. He's the guy you want to check out for that. Um, but yeah um, as far as my analysis goes I think you know I think Amazon's going to win by decision which is what he's uh, favored to do yeah minus 135 so I'm not telling you anything crazy there uh, Sergio Pettis plus 164 depending where you look at as high as plus 184 depending on where you look at um, Schman Schmoll and Schmet Online actually has them at plus 184 and so here's the deal I just uh, earlier today I submitted I'm doing a quick picks I didn't do in-depths for either UFC or Bellator. Um, between Bellator having a stacked card to UFC having a, the opposite, <laughs> uh, we, we decided with the editors that, you know, just some quick picks for both. Some event day previews are good enough. But for those drop, you course, you guys get, uh, you get... You get an inkling from what I have. Now, even though I may not be finalized for the UFC, which I tend not to be sometimes for these shows, more often than not, there's like one or two maybe out or I've got to lean and it's unbettable anyways or... You know, whatever. I, I try to get you guys the good stuff right uh, on the main cards or undercards. But yeah, I did complete the full main card. Um so I'll give you guys that here and uh and whatnot. But yeah. Um basically I picked Patchy Mix and it it's not because of any Extreme Couture thing. And l- lest we not forget, uh if any of my extreme couture bias is most strong with Eric Nixick. And Eric Nixick was actually in the opposite corner of the last time, you know. And obviously you had, you know, uh, you know, unheralded guys like Nate Pettit. Who is uh, uh, you you can credit a lot of both Patchy mixes and Tatiana Suarez is striking uh, those improvements uh, both from the southpaw stance too. Of course, he was in Patchy mixes corner. Uh, Nick Sick was in Stotts. That was a tough one, man. So Stotts comes out publicly after sometime after, and not to you know make excuses or whatever, because he, he he definitely credited and said this isn't why Patchy won. But if he's being honest, he had a he had a a rough weight cut. He passed out. Stotts did. Um, which again, not saying Patchy Mix wouldn't want won anyways, but, um, uh, you know, it was a good knee, southpaw versus southpaw matchup. You get weird angles you're not used to, which even make the strikes even more impactful. So I agree. Definitely. Obviously, uh, Patchy Mix could have easily won that fight, you know, anyways, right? Multiple different ways. So definitely not taken away from him, but that is something to account for, right? And I only bring that up because I'm also going to present something on the other side that, you know, is interesting, especially with patchy mixes. you know, the, the weigh-in, Bellator weigh-in, 301's weigh-ins happen the morning of this recording of this show, folks, if you're listening in the future, there's an evening West Coast Pacific time here. Um, Something that was not known that I I, 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 I was privy to on the ground, Uh, you know, and not too secretive, uh, shouldn't surprise you at least if... Uh, you know, uh, multiple birdies told me that it was a horrendous As bad as Stotz is claiming his weight cut was, um, I didn't see much Apache mix around on Hawaii. I was on the ground covering that one, as I tend to do for all but I think one of the Bellator Hawaii shows, which is sucks about Bellator if this is their last stuff, man. I'm very biased, obviously. Love going to Hawaii. Love that Scott Coker brought Bell- uh, Bellator and uh, Big MMA back to Hawaii before the UFC did at least, right, folks? Um, But, uh, yeah, Mix was was held up, you know, uh, apparently at a tough, tough weight cut. You know, uh, I mean, they're all multiple day, fight week, multiple week, multiple month affairs, how you want to grade it, right? Phrase it. Yeah, but it was a, from what I heard, it, it was a bad one. And I look at his age 30, and I would be saying this even if he made weight on the first attempt this morning. You know, which is why I brought up the timestamp of the show, because he had to take two attempts, right? Yeah, this guy's not long for for Bantamweight. Uh, I even wrote that he's due for featherweight to finish his career. I'm, I'm making that assumption. I don't tend to do that or speak for the fighters. I think it's pretty ignorant. I think it's really easy for us media members to overstep our conjecture, even our analysis, right? Being fair. Keeping the same energy toward myself. That being said, if I feel like if I feel it, man, I can't help but say it, right? You know what I'm saying? It's nothing personal. Doesn't mean I'm not picking him or this or that. Uh, I did pick Patchy Mix here officially. But I did say it's a dog or pass perspective. You know, part of it because Pettis, especially in his Bellator career, has made his Bellator career of just proving the odds makers wrong, coming through an underdog, proving people like me wrong, proving pundits, uh pretty much proving everybody wrong. So for that reason alone. I don't know how much you can blame me, and I certainly wouldn't blame anybody for just taking Pettis out of respect, deserved respect, right? Been around longer, fighting longer, had the belt longer, more defenses, more impressive resume, uh, more deep sample sizes, right? Some of the best current or former champions at 125, 135, um... You know, Pettis is 3-1 and one against UFC-level Southpaws. He doesn't have to fight a Southpaw in Bellator. If you're wondering who those Southpaws were, uh, you, you're you going to have to go way back, like I did. Matt Hobar, who rocked him in the first round, by the way, with a left. Uh, Chris Carriaso, who he beat. Um, split decision against, right, against Joseph Benavides. I I do think he won that, if memory serves. And then, of course, he lost to Alex Caceres, who I don't know if, if it was a club and sub or just a sub where, he, you know, Pettis, you know, was quietly kind of slowly falling apart, falling right into a prospect loss trap, right? Um, but that's where his three and one goes. We haven't seen him against Southpaws in quite some time, though. Again, uh, I, I like the the River Sport camp. I got to imagine one of their biggest strengths is preparing for a Southpaw. Um, for what that's worth, right? Uh, but uh, ultimately, the reason why I couldn't pick him. But I still ended up. Spoiler alert playing him because I said I have to see a certain number and I did uh, and I was going to say that to you guys and then, uh, but because but, uh, he opens at plus 150 and you can make an argument that that's a bit too wide like this fight and another fight that I bet perhaps multiple other fights I bet it's not that the wrong guy's favored I'm not going to be that bold and say that um, I don't have a problem with the guy that I'm not playing or picking or one or both being favored what it is is it's not so much that the wrong guy's favored. It's that regardless of who you favor, this fight shouldn't be that wide. Not that plus one fifty is wide, but I don't even think it should be that wide. Much less tack on another thirty four, thirty five cents, which I said I wanted to see plus one eighty five. Um, and I don't care that I picked patchy mix. This is dogger pass. Again, we don't don't make me re break down betting for you guys. It's not it's not. Picks, analysis, and bets are all different things, much less picks and bets. Picks, bets, and analysis are all different things, folks. Um, And I'm stating it as per usual, showing my work, stating it before the fact, putting the money where my mouth is. So when I saw plus 184, I had to play it. But again, back to why I said why I ultimately had to pick mix and why I'm not crazy about it I'm not telling you to jump off the cliff even though I am confident enough to say it's where the value is right even if I didn't get that number like I wasn't thinking I was going to I would be saying the exact same thing that's where the value is I don't know if I'm going to play it I'm not telling you to run out and play it but you can make an argument for Pettis at plus 150 much less plus 185 so plus 185 I kind of have to play him I didn't get plus 185 but I saw plus 184 I don't even know if we'll even get that that was only at one house uh, Schmidt online if you have shman shmul you might be able to find those are the only two places that i see right now with those numbers if you do i'm not saying you need to or should you shouldn't be betting at all folks to be honest it's crazy much less betting bellator but this is you know bellator at its peak bellator at its most sample size fighters we're going to get i'm betting obviously higher caliber higher sample size fighters and even though bellator has a bunch of weirdness it's usually the weirdness that happens with again more of the uh, bellator level that isn't the top or tier fighters and you still have those really wide wide odds right this is Bellator you've got not as wide odds at a lot of spots because there's actually a lot of competitive matches a lot of really good fighters with really good sample sizes in and out of the UFC in and out of the North American scene are fighting um, so yeah uh, I ended up taking uh, just 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 a couple of dog shots and one of those ended up being Pettis but back I keep cutting my own thing off, back exposure, sorry, back exposure Pettis gives too much back exposure and scrambles in his defense and even though he is like Anthony Pettis where you know, he can hit reversals he's not as, you know, even though he's arguably more proven than Mix um, he's not as proven as Pettis as far as, you know, against good back takers I mean, Pettis was giving his back to guys like Charles Oliveira and still turning back into him, you know um to eventually submit uh, Charles Oliveira, by the way, right? Um, and it's like, yeah, Charles Oliveira's down at 145, but it's like, yeah, well, so was Pettis for that fight, right? I believe, or was it was it a 55 fight? I'm not sure. Either way, that's impressive, right? Um, <clears throat> and so I imagine he comes from that school, so he's very confident in it. He's a black belt. Um, he hasn't been submitted again since only once in his pro career, and that was against Alex Caceres, uh, who is like kind of that guy, and still proves to be that guy that upset. Prospect loss guy, right? Um, so yeah, value betting values on Pettis, man. Um, you know, uh, what if it's a bad knockout? He gets you know some body work, or he gets a knockout shot, right? Uh, decision. He's you know uh, defending knockouts, uh, or defending you know takedowns, or you know if he's good enough to at least not get submitted, maybe you know he only gives two rounds. And if you give two rounds and you risk one of those being a ten eight, well, you put yourself in a position to to possibly need a finish, right? If you go down two rounds by backpacking, because chances are one of those, they probably did enough damage to convince at least two of the three judges to give you a 10-8. That being said, that also means output. That also means a lot of work from Mix. And if he's having a bad weight cut, having to do backpacks and this and that, um, does he start to gas out, right? Because Mix is 30. And he's not 31, but 31 and up is when uh, I really start, you know, hardcore fading guys who are cutting big to bantamweight. Um, you know, uh, that that yeah, or flyweight or something around that area, right? So the official picks is actually um, mix. I think I actually picked him by decision, so he he can get the decision, right? From backpacking and this and that, but again, he ended up having a uh, a rough uh, weight cut. It looks like that's that's kind of the intel from before. Uh, whereas Pettis makes this way very easily. Pettis is very experienced. Pettis fought better competition. Pettis the more well-rounded fighter. I mean, see him near 2-1. to one, I don't know why I keep talking about it. I think I made the point. Um, next fight. Um, it's not listed next, but I'll, I'll say it next. I think it's what's next. Best fight odds all fucked up. We got uh, Danny Sabatello, minus 135. Rafion Statz, plus 114. Now sabatello opened plus 140 and stats opened at minus 188 so again you don't need another long explanation from me the value is clearly you know even even joey odessa shouts to joey o who hates the value word even he'll tell you the value is on stats um you have the classic the favorite flipped you did a complete line flip so you don't have to justify anything to anybody oh but what about the betting public like what about it like it, you know, I posted like an interesting line flip, and I usually don't do cheeky posts like that, but I wanted to see what people were saying. And, you know, and and, and, and not that I tipped a hand a particular way, and neither did this person, so I'm not uh, downing on this person or whatever, uh, or, or, or attacking them. But what they said, the, rep- the one of the few replies I got was very representative of the gambling, MMA gambling community. It is well, uh, you know, well, something along the lines of not too surprised considering is. Um thirty-five coming off a of vicious KO or whatever. It's just like, well that depends. I mean you like to see guys take six months and he 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 roughly is at that six month mark, right? Or uh, just over that, right? Uh I'm not sure right. It was April and now we're in uh now we're in uh November. So he he passed that mark. Um thirty five, it's like, yeah, but you know, we've seen uh we've seen thirty you know, from Frankie Signs to Frankie Edgar, right? Top bantamweights, former champions to, you know, and I mean this respectfully, but journeyman guys at best, right? And Frankie Signs, like, we've seen them still do it. Jose Aldo goes in resurgence as a career after all the miles he had, right? Um, and that's Jose Aldo, granted. Uh, but on Stotz is an excellent athlete. He is a Division two national champion, kind of like Kamara Usman, right? Um he does not have the miles, uh, the MMA miles at least, or the same, you know, the wrestling miles are there, I'm sure, obviously. But as far as the MMA and fight miles, um, he doesn't have a lot of those. And he doesn't typically take a ton of damage in his fights, you know. Even the fight where he got knocked out, it was just a one one and done clean, you know. Those are actually better for you than being the BJ Penn and having the chin and taking, you know, amounts of damage, you know. And even with the six-month rule, well, that's not a hard and fast one. You've seen me pick guys, like, back to Poetan Pereira. Uh, when he fought Jan Blach- Bl- Blachowicz, right, like that was what that was that was the red flag. That was within four or five four months or so of you know being put out by Israel Adesanya, right, and getting the arrows stuck in him and everything, right. Uh, you get what I'm saying. But yeah, like so, you got to be careful about that. And don't even get me started about being too afraid to the, fade the betting public. I love fading the betting public. What did we just talk about with Andrade and Dern, right? Uh, and, and again, that is the justification. Oh, age and miles. It's like man how many times have we, as as bad as this year has been for betting for myself and others who are OGs and tend to like the OGs at the same time in our defense and probably where we've had some of our biggest caches, even when we haven't, like the one I'm about to cite, how many times have we seen the Bobby Green and and uh, what's his name? Bad guy from every Disney movie, uh, Grant Dawson uh you know story the Mackenzie dern and Jessica on drives we're still despite despite us og style betters eating it eating a lot of a lot of uh bad beats bad bets to everything in between this year there has been a ton of those marquee reminders folks that i love to see and danny sabatello you know is it the fact you know somebody mentioned in the chat like oh People, like, you know, and again, us media are bad at it. Like, someone mentioned Dern, right? And, like, oh, yeah, yeah." we give these people way too much credit, and we do. Whether it's, you know, the babyface thing, you know, like the, you know, the babyface girl kind of a deal. Or whether it's the squeaky wheel type of deal, right? Where it's, you know, Danny Sabatello or whatever. And I've been victim of this, too, folks. Like, again, uh... I think one of my most embarrassing picks, and it was a flyer pick, admittedly. It was a heavyweight dog. Um, And I'm a big fan of Curtis Blades, but I actually picked Justin Willis to beat Curtis Blades. Can you believe that? I'm going to pause so you guys can laugh at me. I deserve it. Okay, done. Okay, good. I deserve that. But the point was, the point was, is uh, I remember, you know, I I looked in hindsight, and even though I still could, you know, be like, oh, that was a stupid pick, and just take it on the chin and just chalk it up to, like I said, heavyweight intangibles. And, you know, in my defense of that pick since, we've seen Curtis Blades, you know, make some real questionable decisions and not wrestle guys where it was completely obvious, right? That one, he did the obvious thing he should have done, that you wished he did in his last three matchups now or so, or so, right? And he took uh, Justin Willis to task. But I remember Justin Willis coming into MMA Junkie Radio and, like, I don't know what it was but I think we picked against him on a fight and I don't even know if it was me but you know they see the staff picks and he like a lot of fighters they get pissed off at the junkie people because of that so and because Georgian goes and me who was lucky enough to be with them at the time on the radio show have to interview these fighters or see them face to face in the studio we, we often get the shit get, uh, get shit from them right like Bobby Green came at us hard and again I stay professional who's, who's a big Bobby Green fan still to this day I am right um, but Justin Willis did a similar thing and <laughs> surprise, surprise! What was his next fight against Curtis Blades, folks? And surprise, surprise! Uh, I wasn't the only one who picked the big plus three ten underdog in Justin Willis, right? It was also gorgeous uh, goes and gorgeous George, my colleagues, and us media people. We can, you know, especially when you these big talkers. And you, you interview a guy like Sabatella, you don't. You got to be careful because you don't want to nod along too long because you're being. You you want to be objective. You want to kind of you know be real clean. You don't want to. You know, one oh Oh yeah, I think so too. Great answer. You know, like if you notice the real pros, uh, even when they get a good answer and they have a good rapport and a good flow and a good chemistry to the interview, they will often almost coldly sometimes jump to the next next question and move it on. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but when you get guys like the Sabatellos or whatever, like it's so easy to be like, oh yeah, yeah, and, oh yeah, no, 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 you're you're great, Danny. You know, and he's intense, man. Like when I've interviewed Danny in person and covered him on the ground at the scrums, like I, you know. I definitely got to, you definitely got to lead him a bit to get a good answer and maybe, you know, make sure he's not, you know, distracted and coming at you for the vitriol. Not just because you don't want to get any vitriol, but because you don't want to make it about you as a media person. You want to get the interview topic to actually answer a question of interest, right, for the people. Maybe yes, for your website too, sure, because you're covering it, right, all that stuff. Um, but uh, but yeah, like I don't know if it's because of that, and you know because you know he's all he, in these interviews. Danny's like, oh, I, I lost that fight. See, uh, uh, only one judge got it right, and he fails to mention that judge was Doug Crosby, who is one of the worst judges, right, and has not uh, judged high level MMA since that weekend. Of course, that was a notable weekend. Uh, what Was it 272 Bellator? Either way, uh, he flew to the next night to judge a UFC and delivered a very questionable scorecard there, right, and has not been seen since. Um, and the reason why the other judges did not score it for him is because Danny Sabatella does not have a criteria-friendly style. Um, his submissions seem to be getting better, but if he can't submit you or dominate you enough to the point of submission, uh, then he's really going to have to make hay with his position, strike in the transitions, uh, and really sell the refs that way. And I don't know if he's going to be able to do that. Both change the style that drastically. Uh if he has the physical capabilities as well as the mental capabilities because he seems like a a pretty stubborn dude, right? Um, And then Stotts' athleticism, uh, his ability to grapple, um, float. You know, he trains with really, you know, and Sabatello trains American Top Team, even though I haven't seen that much training footage of him uh, this time around. Um, Stotts obviously training with guys like Adrian Yanez and um, Matt Schnell. Um, He's got a solid Texas crew down there. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to go with Stotts. I originally picked him for the classic wrestler trope To land a head kick KO Kind of a break him down by round 2 or 3 um, I picked the same here uh, Because that's another thing too It was like, you know And I went back to read my breakdown for that fight And it was like, I was trying to make a case for the other person And for Sabatello it was Again, he was going to have to fight against his style uh, To be more criteria friendly But not just that I still didn't even think that was enough That he was going to have to do that to the point to wear and hope starts to wear down in the latter rounds and sabatello can start to earn some of those rounds and he had those rounds to work uh the last time but this time it's only a three-round fight so it's like three rounds favors one guy more on paper stylistically by my analysis one guy's favored more and how about the fact of not just another one of my favorite tropes or you know speaking of value when the line flips there's value Another time where there's value, you don't have to explain to anybody. When you get the Robbie Lawler and Roy McDonalds of the world where you're gonna give me underdog odds for guys that didn't fight that long ago. It's not like Liddell Ortiz are or running it back, you know, 10, ten years later, they're old men, like, no, these guys are still in their capable primes. If it wasn't that long ago. Um What are we doing? And you're gonna give me plus money? For a guy who's already proven he can win? A guy already theorized to win, a guy already anybody could theorize enough to justify him as a favorite to win you're you're going to give me plus money after we've we've seen it okay I will tell you forced my hand um, I actually found it at plus 122 so uh, I threw a unit on that um super R- R- superstats baby let's go uh AJ McKee minus 278 Sydney outlaw plus 225 I took AJ McKee here part of your surprise surprised to see it not wider, but then again, you know, Sydney Outlaw has had a. Had a uh, if he's not getting iced by super athlete wrestlers who can punch like Mike Chandler or, or whatnot, like in the first round, um, his wrestling and submission grappling ability allows him to compete with those guys and give them deceptively hard fights. So I'm guessing that's why because this is I'm picking AJ McKee to win, and similar to the Stott's, uh Sabatello, I'm gonna go with the classic southpaw trope. He's gonna. I don't know if it's going to be a knockout. It might be a club and sub, but it's going to be sparked off of a head kick, kind of like, you know, uh, his first fight with uh, Patricio, uh, uh, Patricio Pitbull, uh, Fieri, uh McKees. Classic southpaw, you know, di- and then uh, kicking the uh, dipping wrestle boxer, uh, Sydney Outlaw. Um, I believe I picked it round two, but regardless of the, what round it happens, like, I wouldn't be surprised, actually, like, for Sydney Outlaw, like, to... Like, maybe be, like, surprisingly either winning or being competitive in the round and surprising people with that expectancy bias. You know what I'm saying? And then uh, until AJ McKee pulls out something opportunistic, as he's had to do in some of his fights before. Uh, we'll see. Um, Alexander Shabley, baby. Minus 700 uh, against Patricchi a uh, plus 500. More Bellator odds. More Bellator-style fighter here with the classic uh, Pitbull brother. Of course, Shabley still needs to popularize himself to North American ob- audiences. Um, I did call it down to the round, I believe. what Was it round two or round three? Uh, I forget which one it was, but I called the exact round. Um, although maybe I didn't see it playing out the way it did up until that point. But I do think Shabley's pinpoint counters, his knees, um, just his savvy in and out of exchanges and clenches. Um, not that it will be a lot of clenching. I feel like Fieri's going to be more conservative. Uh, we, we've seen that, right? But I think Shavly can find him by uh, round two. So um, that's what I picked, uh, even though Petriki, it's usually round one, get him out of there, where he makes it to a decision. Um, I, I think I think is going to be able to get him out of there by round two. Uh, I didn't play anything on it. Again, these are wide lines, not widely available lines. Um, and then you've got like Golem versus Fortune, Kielholtz, uh, Sumiko and Naba. Um, I like Anaba, but that could be a classic. You know, they're favoring the the hype over the more known quantity. Say what you will about Denise uh, Denise Kielholtz there. Uh, But again, not juicy of a number number for me to want to stab. Um, And, you know, you've got a bunch of other fighters. I apologize if I did not mention them. All right, that concludes up Bellator 106. I'm going to clean up the chat and then do the uh, iTunes Amazon shouts real quick, and we will uh, finish up with what you, you know, you guys came here for UFC, even though Bellator is a better card. So, right. So there we go. Da, 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 da. All right. Rain Lamina. He he. I Bisping Dan. Yep, you got me. You got me. Uh, Rio says in Truesdale. Speaking of Bellator, Liam picks fight said that Bellator is the most volatile promotion for betting. Uh, I don't know about most, but yes, yeah, it's, it's right up there. It's super vel. It's super volatile. I agree with Liam there. Um, he goes. Is that something you would agree with? Yeah, I, I agree. I, I like Liam and seems like a cool dude from your collab. Liam is a cool dude, man. I really like Liam a lot. That's why uh, I, I got him on the show. Uh, shouts to Liam. It's, it's, it's incredibly volatile. I can't disagree there. Um, they're all they're all volatile, honestly, in MMA, so it, it's, it's hard to split hairs. But yeah, vo- Bellator, more volatile than US, UFC, which says something. Um, Synchro Wing is Extreme Couture, a large gym that allows other fighters' teams to train there. Uh, I bought six escape control with Dan Egan. and it's really good. Nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you, you can't be a jerk and there are certain exceptions uh, Both that go both ways, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, uh, one of the more, uh, uh, open gyms. Not that it's wide open, but you know what I mean? Um, kind of just by nature being where it's at, you know, you get a lot of passer throughs. Um, Jimmy Kudo, mix is massive for 135. I agree with you that he might have to go to 145, maybe 155 just because of his height. Yep. Hey, Chronic Combat Conversations. The boys in the house. Paul Krieg. Paul Krieg. Nothing can outrun the grease, Scotsman. Oh, we're going to talk some Paul Krieg soon here. Hi, TB and Guru. TB and Guru are the mans. Uh, conversations crew in the house, that's right Chronic Combat Conversations Rain Lamina, congrats on 500 subs to TB and Guru Oh, they got 500, that's right, go sub to those guys If you haven't already Makatsukaya Goku, hey, it's been a while since I've been on It has been, nice to see you Makoto. Uh Makoto It's been good to see the boys And this great podcast Well, it's, it's great to see you dropping by, appreciate you Alright, uh, I already have the Amazon Links pulled up, if you want to support this free show here uh, Go to mixedmartialanalyst.com and you can scroll down, perhaps toggle to the right if you're on the mobile, and you will see uh, click throughs for Amazon and Onnit if you shop there. You just click through the link, you are at the site, and you just go about your normal shopping and through no extra clicks or cost to your purchase, small percentage of said purchase will get kicked back to this year program, which helps a lot. Onnit won't tell me anything about your purchases, Uh, none of them give me any of your personal information or your general information, so I don't know who you are, but Amazon Will give me a nice little list here of what was bought, and I can pontificate, hopefully comedic, like uh, as I give you guys shouts for whatever you bought. I don't know who bought what, so don't worry. If you want to, you know, have a nice David Carradine one night in Bangkok, and you know, buy the, the silk kimono with the, the 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 vibrating nunchucks. However, you get your rocks off, you go to the uh, mixed martial analyst my website, the sports this here program, my podcast, and uh, again, scroll down to the right. Click on the Amazon link. You can buy whatever the heck your little heart desires, and it'll end up on this here list. Somebody bought a tall nightstand with LED lights and charging station. Ooh, that's a pricey one. Thank you for buying that. Um, tell me how you like that, by the way. I have one of those like weird like night- I have like a-, a cheap nightstand, and then I bought like one of these like I guess they call it nightstand. It's like N Y S T N D. I shouldn't give them a plug because it's not the greatest thing, especially with the case that I have. It doesn't really charge it, but like you can charge like. Your, your watch, your AirPods, all your stuff there. Gives you a spot to put your glasses. It's one of those dealies. So uh, hopefully yours came with a, uh, something uh, you know comparable considering it uh, looks like it costed more money than I spent on mine. Thank you for that. Best pet, three wheels, pet stroller, dog, cat, cage, dogger, and stroller. A pet stroller. Oh, wow. Is it puppies? Is it older dogs? Is it just small dogs? Either way, I appreciate that. I appreciate you being active and finding a way. Take the little ones with you. They appreciate that. PreSonus Studio 24cc 2x2 audio interface. That sounds really expensive, whatever the hell that is. Um, Good luck to you on whatever audio project you have going, whether it's a podcast, uh, some recording stuff. Um, Someone got Keurig Brewer Cleanse Kit for maintenance. Includes descaling solution. Uh, Brewer, that's uh, those Keurig machines, those little drinking things. Cool, thank you for that. <clears throat> Somebody got some one audio wired headphones over the ear for noise isolation. I'm guessing that's the person that bought the audio interface. So again, good luck on whatever you're putting together. Cause you also looks like you bought a Flamma FV01 vocal effects processor pitch correction voice pedal. Intense. Somebody got PlayStation, DualSense, Wireless Controller, Midnight Black. That sounds like a sweet color. I bet you that looks really cool. Hopefully you enjoyed it, regardless if you did or not. Thank you for thinking of me and clicking through the link on that one. Um, somebody bought an iBlazon Aries case for. I'm like afraid to get like Rain at everything I read right now. <laughs> Damn, Rain laminate did not put together this list. Um, Aries case for an iPhone 13 Pro Max. Uh, that's what I have. Six point seven inches. I I think that's what I have. But you know, us guys we're not really uh we're not really accurate with me- measuring uh measuring in that neighborhood. Uh, Geek mini PC, uh, mini IT8 Intel. I don't know what the hell that is, but that was pricey. So thank you for clicking through. Whoever bought that, um, also very pricey. Whoever bought the PS5 console, thank you very much. Um, shit, some of these winnings I've been doing untracked, I'm like, man, I can buy myself a PS5 console, but uh, I was tempted to, but I actually reinvested into uh, you know work in this podcast. And uh, old Dan Tom uh, may or may not be getting a new a uh, new computer. So. Um, we'll see, we'll see if we get to the PlayStation 5 hopefully you enjoy it though, let me know what games you're getting Uh, well, maybe one of the games is right here Dan Mortal Kombat Premium Edition PlayStation 5 that wasn't cheap, thank you for buying that hopefully the fatalities are cool K-E-W-L wireless keyboard and mouse 15 uh, 15 backlit effects, rechargeable thank you for buying that Ah, the Dark Side of the Moon 50th Anniversary Remaster. alrighty Hopefully you got some, uh, you know, some uh, adult uh, ingestibles to maybe uh, make the experience enhance your experience. There sounds like someone else who uh, rocks up my alley. Thank you for thinking of me there again. MixedMarshallAnalyst.com, my website. If you want to support this here program, just go to MixedMarshallAnalyst.com. Click on the on it or Amazon banner. More particularly, if you want your products read off. And if you just want to support the show straight up and send me a nice message, there is a secure PayPal link as well for this free program that will remain a free program. Of course, at Dan Tom MMA, as you see in the little name tag here, where you can find me on all social platforms in my link tree. Also, a secure PayPal link. All right, let's get to the breakdowns, folks. Uh, chronic Combat Conversations. Pretty appreciate the PYN crew. Um, I love it man I, I, I went and watched your guys sh- uh, show As I try to do for my desserts And seeing all you guys it, it Populate the, the chats of my friend shows Makes me so happy They're good people, they deserve it And I just love seeing good people um, Interact with good people Because we need more of that I, 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 I don't know about you guys I forget that there's like actually good people in the space You tend to forget that in MMA <laughs> After too much time here uh, I got most of my friends to use your click through link as well Ghost Phantom says So I hope they bought cool and funny stuff um, thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Real Susan Truesdale. Hey, that iPhone Iblasion case was me. Thank you, Real Susan Truesdale. I appreciate that. Um, hopefully, hopefully, uh, you dig it and, uh, it is serving you well. All right. One fifteen. UFC Vegas 82. UFC Fight Night. Alan Krieg, UFC Fight Night 232. Uh, of course, all the names. It is at the apex, uh, headlined, yes, of course, by Brendan Allen minus four twenty-five. Paul Craig the comeback plus three thirty. Um, Brendan Allen almost doubling in price here. You know, when, you know, uh, especially if he if he gets to five to one, which I don't think he should or would. Surprised he's gotten this high to be honest. But yeah, he opened at minus two seventy-five. So now going off at minus 475 all the way up to minus 450 depending on where you look um again that's crazy um you know uh reductive analysis should tell you that it's dogger pass territory um my halfway through the fight tape analysis was like i'm gonna go not just overs but i think i might even bet decisions goes to the decision and then Allen by decision like I feel like Paul Craig is gonna be like Jack Hermanson in either Marvin Vittori or the Sean Strickland fights. Like I think we're getting one of those two fights. Those just again we're getting middleweights who come from a grappling base. Who uh, they come from grappling bases. Strickland did was a jiu-jitsu guy, more of a grappler. Uh, Vittori brown belt, Cobrinha, underrated wrestling, but you know loves to strike. Hermanson right grappler, then kind of just fell in love with his jab, and in those fights that weird love triangle of sorts, right? You just had, like, long decisions. Like, unless it's, like, you know, Derek Brunson and or Derek Brunson against a guy who um, falls apart or prone to fall apart faster than him, and, like Edmund Shabazian, right? Like, those, we've seen a bunch of, we, we've we gotten a big sample size of middleweight five-rounders in the apex, and... um. Again, not to be too reductive, because it's like, oh, well, of course all fights can go one of two ways. They either go finish they go the distance, Dan. It's like, well, what I'm saying is a lot of these ones with the grappling-based guys where it's like, what what are we doing here? What do these guys look like in five rounds? Why do I even care? I don't know. I get those vibes that, like, we could just get a really weird fight. Now, I still think we're going to get a really weird fight, actually, after fully running the comb. However, I took the gas off of my thoughts about going to the decision, but... I still feel good about the over, which is weird, man. Which is weird, man. I've got my dog shots in Bellator. I've got some more dog shots coming your way, guys. Don't worry. Old classic Dan Tom's not going to let you down. But I am tempting fate with the totals again. I have never liked totals ever. There was a point where they were being kind to me this year. And, you know, I let my guard down. And then I, you know, uh, then I just been getting, you know, <laughs> um, you know, analously <laughs> R-worded, you know, the Jailman Special, the American History X Shower, we get it, man. Uh, <laughs> sorry, again, I uh, I could have not have told you guys about, you know, my week off from some of these untracked, but you guys know me, even when it's painful, whether it's the amount, you know, uh, like laying a hammer for the the, uh, the, the Jailman uh, Lewis Under, or just the stupidity, it wasn't even a big amount, I don't even know if I even really played it, it was more of a pick, just the stupidity of the, you know, picking the Justin Willis over Curtis Blades. I will come clean with you guys. That's one thing you know, all right? For any victory lapping you could accuse me of, which is very little, I definitely come tenfold the other way. I keep that same energy on myself. Um, But, yeah, I'm going total here, you know. I feel like, especially over... They're going to give you such playable chalk. Open minus 105. The highest I'm seeing is minus 125. I got it for minus 120. I went two units on that because they only have to survive for 1.5 rounds. And I know round two is the hot round for both of them. Um, primarily Allen. Allen gets finished or finishes a lot in round two. That is the traditionally the hot round for Brendan Allen. That being said, Brennan, and Brennan, as well as round one, right? That being said, Brendan Allen has not really been fighting five round or scheduled for five round fights, right? And Paul Craig is deceptively durable, despite, you know, we see him fall apart early. It's usually taken like, crazy athletes like at the Khalil Round Trees of the world, uh, Johnny Walkers, right? Like, if, if, if it's not those guys, he's either making it the distance or making it to the end with Jimmy Crute, another good submission grappler, right? And gets him out of there in round three. Note that, right? And conversely, with Allen, even though they're much different style of fighters, um, you can give, you know, maybe Paul Craig uh a, a couple small points ahead in the column for submission grappling where, you know, when you wanna talk about sweeps or wrestling, um and those kind of scrambles that involve wrestling scrambles or, or reversals, you're gonna give uh, or you should be giving Brendan Allen a couple more points in that direction, right? Um they both have had their toughest some of their toughest fights against either athletes or um guys who can guys who can grapple and or wrestle right and you look at that with Brendan Allen uh, that deceptively tough fight with Jacob Malkoon um you know uh, it's competitive for a round with uh, Kyle Dukakis but obviously he pulls away from Kyle and we as much as i like you know Kyle Dukakis uh, we saw you know that that didn't age as nicely right he was, well, maybe wasn't you know I don't want to, you know... He can come back and have another second resurgence. I don't want to be disrespectful, but, you know, definitely underachieved from what we thought, even if he didn't think that high, right? With that first UFC run. So, I don't know how much we put into that. Um, Let me see. I got Brendan Allen's record right here, so I'm not just pulling at my ass. Um, Chris Curtis, right? Not a submission grappler, but as we've seen with the... Against other good submission grapplers, he can shut guys out because he's got good wrestling, right? Um... Sean Strickland, good wrestling. I think one of Sean Strickland's few takedowns, I think, even before the stoppage he gets in that fight, right? Um, He shows that he's the better wrestler, even though he ends up getting a striking stoppage and and kind of fights on short notice. Um, Tom Breeze, good grappler, but kind of, you know, as we say, not to be rude, I I love Tom Breeze. I'm very sympathetic to people with the mental struggles, but, uh, you know, he dealt with that. Even though he had some UK wrestling uh, grappling credentials, I don't know how strong those were, right, um, as far as the wrestling goes. Um, you know, Anthony Hernandez, even though Eric Anders, they're not uh, D1 wrestlers or anything, but both of their styles are very grindy, obviously, right? Uh, early loss to Trevin Giles, and that was him going for submissions and making really... It was actually very Paul Craig loss that he has to Trevin Giles, if you go back to watch that one. Jay Giles, you know? It's a submission loss, so it looks bad, but I wouldn't like... You know, hang your hat on that as to why Paul Craig's going to win. Uh, not saying he's going to win, not saying I'm picking him, not saying he can't win. I'm just saying you, you can't hang in. Oh, he got submitted by Giles. Well, he can get submitted by Craig. Like, it's not that easy. That, that was He was kind of knocked out uh, and just took a beating, you know, uh, until that submission <laughs> finally got him out of there, kind of a deal with that fight. Um, and then even in his wins, you know, again, Jacob Malkoon, uh, tougher than it needed to be. Um and then it's weird like Allen striking it looks like it's really improving right or he'll do these things where it's like he's not really wasting time he's getting right to business with Christoph Yoko on the ground or you know with Bruno Silva he's rocking a guy like Bruno Silva which I still think means something um I know people have been down on Bruno Silva so I'll be curious to see if they keep the same energy when you when it comes to capping this fight right uh, as far as like you know people being down on Bruno Silva versus uh what is it, uh, shout out to my guy Brad called him, shit, the guy, whatever, called him. (laughs) The the one-eyed guy. Um, but, like, but, yeah, like, um, you know, that still means something, but it's it's, it's interesting, because when you go back to watch the Andre Muniz fight, that was impressive at the time, but it's like, that one doesn't age as well too, because Muniz, even though I was high on him, he's kind of showing that, oh, wow, once he gets to a certain level, he can just fall apart, right? Um, you know, so there's that, right? But even when you go back to watch that fight, like Muniz actually did better than what I remembered in that fight. Maybe because I bet him, and I was just, you know, worried the whole way, and I knew he was gonna lose because you get the broadcast bet, you get the Eminem walkout, you get the buffer fist bump. I remember I tweeted, them like, oh shit, this bet's dead in the water. I was like three in a row. It was a all submission round. It was a all submission round robin, and all three fighters hit their submissions. And uh, Andre Muniz, who was like the best on paper submission fighter on the entire card was the last leg which would have been a huge crazy night and uh so of course you know i'm watching through a bit of a different lens but once that's out of the way and you go back and watch like muniz actually does better than you expect especially when you incorporate how muniz himself has aged right on top of that um and then even when i went back to watch the bruno i know it sounds like i'm i'm picking a dog not necessarily here i'm setting up for it but, but follow me here. So he goes, then he fights Bruno Silva, and he surprises us there. Now, I picked Bruno Silva in what I felt like was a trap fight. I wasn't denying that Allen deserved to be the favorite. It was more just a flyer uh, on what felt like a trap fight. And in my defense, it almost looked like that, because Bruno Silva is actually the first one to rock Brandon Allen, right? But Brandon Allen ends up catching him on a counter and changes the temperature of the fight and actually rocks him, like, multiple times before getting the finish, right? In this short firefight of a one-round. But what I noticed is when he rocked him, is that he immediately shot in. Which I know Bruno Silva is like he's a black belt technically, but he's not like a high level submission guy, right? He's more ground and pound, get on top, uh, or brawl it out on the feet, Bruno Silva, right? Well, that being and so and I get that, so it's, it's dangerous with a guy like that on the feet. So maybe you want to take him down, but I just noticed that was kind of um, Brendan Allen's game. Like he'll he will he will get into these ugly fights. And he welcomes it. Now, he's got improving wrestling, a. And b, more importantly, he's at least from what we've seen so far. Doesn't mean he's gonna win. Who knows? We crazier things have happened as far as skill jumps. But from what we've seen, he also b has the better wrestling than Paul Craig, right? So there's there there's that, right? But we'll see him kind of flow and have fun. And he's also got the better sweeps. Um, so that'll save his ass a lot, but I almost feel like he's still a little, you know. Again, he is corrected much better, and as of right now, appears to be a much more fuller fighter. We'll get to the improvement that, that Craig showed in his last fight to watch out for here potentially, but he looks to be the more fuller and complete and well-rounded fighter than than Craig is. But he still has a lot of that Paul Craig in him, like I mentioned before, with the with the Jay Giles fight, right? And you almost hear that with the way Henry Hoof talks to him because Henry Hoof's like mellowed out, right? Like. But but like he's he's much more older older calm dad with his glasses now he's got more gray hairs right but I swear if anybody brings back the old like Michael Johnson Anthony Rubble Johnson any of the Johnsons uh, Henry Hoofed right the 2014 Don't quit come on Don't quit stand, stand strong Where he's almost slapping him in the chest like he's the like he's the uh, military uh, dad from Sound of Music wow Dan 1960s reference real good for MMA podcasting. you know. Don't quit, stand strong. Where's the rumble I know? Where's the rumble I know? Don't quit. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. i love, I just love that Henry Hook accent. You know, it's, I mean, oh, it makes me feel like I'm in a, you know, not too, uh, uh, not not too nice army of World War II. It makes me say, like, damn, that's not, it's different language. Sorry, 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 I'm just saying. Gives me, gives me those vibes. Um, I'm sure Henry Hook's a nice that guy, by the way. I'm not saying he's, anyways. Point is. <laughs> Brandon Allen brings that Henry Hoof out because something I noticed, and which is why I, even though I still think it's going over and I put two units on the over, on why I think we're still in for a weird fight that is going to find a finish one way or the other. Um, and why I, I, I kind of gave up hope and, and on the Brandon Allen by decision. Um, it's not so much that, again, there's a lot of question marks on both sides slash the fight itself. When we get in the championship rounds, because these these are not where these guys have traditionally been or have ever been, I believe, unless it's been on the regionals. Yeah, uh, Brendan Allen has, but he lost that. He lost both those fights uh, to Eric Anders and, and Hernandez, uh, the ones I mentioned earlier. Um, so there's that, right? Maybe maybe his cardio does fall apart, right? We don't know that. Paul Craig, it's like you could say that, right? Because he, but at the same time, Paul Craig again, much more durable and much better stamina than he gets credit for. Um, that was a really tough fight early in his career against, uh, you know, tra- traveling Australia, so on and so forth, against Jimmy Croot. while Jimmy Croot was kind of firing before he kind of got brought brought down to earth a bit, you know, and kind of has not been the same since Crute. Um And conversely, we've seen him pull, you know, victories at the end of third rounds with Kennedy and Chukwu, and most notably, and most last secondly, Magomed Ankulaya, Dagestani Stipe, Right. And those were fights where he was getting uh, tooled up on as well. So Craig, there's no reason why we don't think Craig can't win in round three again or even in like a round four, so to speak, right? Um, again, once we get to that those rounds, it's who's in the better shape is one intangible, but also just the weirdness that I can't put my finger on that I feel like, again, back to these middleweights that just match up together weird and why are they matched up together, much we're throwing him in a main event. Okay, you know? And Allen feels like he's on his way up. He is the better wrestler. He is the better striker. So I'm going to pick Alan. But Paul Krieg has also, you know, uh, improved his striking. We didn't really get to see it, obviously, in the Johnny Walker fight. We didn't get to see much in that fight. Um, we got to see it much more, though, in that Andre Muniz fight, you know? And um, you saw glimpses of it, even in the Vulcan... It, to me, I love John Gooden, but he's like me, uz Vulcan uz me. It's like he's just like strains himself. I'm like, what he John? You have such a beautiful voice, a beautiful English accent. What are we doing on the like me? I know he actually spends t- spends time in that part of the world and uh, picks up their language. So uh, I'm, I'm obviously just, just busting John Gooden's chops. He's the man. Uh, but yeah, uh, even in that me fight, uh, you, you saw him like actually winning the striking and then back to brendan allen where these guys are kind of similar like they almost will shoot themselves in the foot Uh, allen still won his fight but again similar thing they're winning the striking they almost don't even realize they're winning the striking and then they're going for takedowns whereas like conversely against guys like uh puna maybe because it was the wrestling he was scared off of but like guys like puna not only does he not wrestle as much as you think he might want to right because once he gets to the ground, you think maybe that's where he, have, he, at least at that time especially, had his biggest on-paper advantage. No, he does like a, a, a disciplined, simple but effective striking clinic of just going body work, right, uh, to my guy Puna there. So, it, you know, he's not exactly the most consistent as well. And I think that some of it, a lot of it comes from emotion. I think he gets very emotional. And it's not just me saying it or noticing it and noticing how other people act. You know, like clearly he's, you know, he's a guy that is, has trouble focusing because, like, you again, like, Henry Hooft, like, you'll just, like, it'll be, like, kind of quiet, and, like, not not much you think is going on is happening in the fight, and you hear the commentary, you hear the crowd in the background, and then all of a sudden, it's just kind of, like, a beat in the action, you just hear Henry Hoof just, with all the frustration in the world, focus! <laughs> focus, Brendan! <laughs> it's just, sorry about your ears, he's just like, you'll just hear him lose it, because I think, I think Alan has just that, that, that kind of flakiness to him, so... I can't trust him at a favorite price, much less uninflated favorite price. Um, I'm going to pick him to get a round three finish, kind of similar to that Jimmy Croot fight. I think that they're going to bring out the best as well as the worst in each other with the grappling and the weirdest. But I think someone's going to find a finish. And even though the reason why I, I thought the under was over was low and I'm putting where my money where my mouth is, or the total point is low at 1.5, regardless if you like the over or under, I thought that was low, and I'm putting my money where my mouth is by playing the over. But I also think it's because, again, um, you've got Paul Craig, who's kind of all over the board, but Brendan Allen, a lot of his stuff is early. Most fighters' finishes are early, and then particularly round two is a hot round for Allen, right? So that that is their logic. I believe the bookmakers were putting the 1.5 rounds. But again, knowing what they know about each other, the dangerous, the weirdness, The potential unknowns or even knowns about their self and their own cardio, right? I have to imagine that the fact that they're not used these things are in play and they're not used to it, that even just having the most smallest modicum of responsibility would tell you, let's feel it out this round, right? And stylistically. It would also tell you that by just having whether it's two wrestlers, two BJJ guys, whatever the case is, and these guys are very similar in a lot of ways, right? A lot of times, those guys end up having weird fights and striking it out of the feet. Again, back to that middleweight example with uh, Vittori, Hermanson, Strickland, right? So, yeah, I think that because of that, instead of the hot rounds being rounds one and two like they typically are, I believe that the hot rounds, again, it doesn't mean I'm going to be right, folks, right? But this is Shout out to Liam Fights picks for submission reads, right? Shout out to CJ Safdick for the parlays. I'm the round guy. Hot rounds. Hot rounds. Get your hot rounds here. Hot rounds here. Um, and, uh, you know, you don't have to hit it at the highest percentage to profit of being that that much of a player. But whether I hit or not, I'm usually not too crazy with the analysis, right? I'm not too crazy off, right, in my defense here, right? Um, Poetan, Poetan round twos, you know, these things, uh, these things like that. I'm not, I'm not too, I won't lead you guys off too far off straight for what it's worth. And I think that my logic is that because of that, rounds three and four become the hot rounds here, right? Round three is already a kind of a weird Paul Craig round as is, and I'm picking Brandon Allen to win in that round. Um, And if it's as weird and as intense or, you know, or whatever, uh, you know, the, the small cage, uh, even if it's a weird, slow paced fight, I. Again at least I would have that point I've cashed the over and that's all I need is is the over to happen um, for me to profit walk away from profit. that's all I need I just need this to go 1.5 rounds at minus 120 for two units because what I did do was what I took um, just under a unit uh, what is it? 70 about three quarters just just over three quarters of a unit and I split it on rounds for both guys, okay? So what I did was I played Allen in round three for a Scottie Pippen, plus 800. That's the lowest number. That's my official pick. Uh, It's the most likely of all the rounds, both odds-wise and according to my analysis. So I went .33 to Scottie Pippen for that, right? Um, And I believe it's like, plus 800, I believe that's .267 units you get back. So you minus the money that I'm doling out for these other round props, assuming we got there, the over already cashed for us, right? Um, that collects us uh, an extra two units at minimum if one of these hit. The next one up is Allen round four plus 1,600, and I put a .17U. That's the number for the rest of these, .17U. Um, I forget what that gives, uh, but uh, essentially you're getting at least the same back. Um, but what I also did was I also sprinkled on C- Paul C- Craig in rounds three and four, round uh, .17U each. Round three for Paul Craig, uh, I got it at plus 2,800, um, and that's overlay like, that's like about 600 bucks back on that um i believe and then or like over 500 uh so over five units and then point17 you at plus four thousand um what is that like seven or eight or something stupid let me see here um i have it right here folks ba-da-ba-ba, 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 ba-da-ba-ba. Where's it at? Oh. i take it at this house either way um yeah, like those are really big, you know, you're getting over, you know, five or six units extra on top of the uh, uh, 1.66 or whatever that the uh, two units returns you for a minus 120 bet, right? So if none of those rounds hit and we get a finish at the end of round two, then I'm essentially, you know, profiting just under a unit because again, we got the over, right? If it finishes in round five, which is really weird and unlikely, or goes to decision, then obviously those rounds don't hit, and again we're we're, we're stuck walking away. We got to minus a little bit of that profit from the total, which leaves us with again just under a unit profit. Now, if either fighter finishes under, we get shit. We are out th- two and two and three quarter units, right? Almost three units, right? Um. So we, between Bellator and the plays we have going before that, we better hope we make our money there. Um, because that's how I ended up attacking the board. I don't suspect I'm gonna like too much from this card I'll, I'll let you guys know what I'm on and what I'm looking at um, But right now I'm sitting just at the bottom more at the bottom end of my seven to nine unit usual average uh, per card play That's where I'm sitting right now. So yeah, basically we're over 1.5 uh, rounds minus 122 units and then sprinkling Alan, round three, point three three units plus eight hundred, round four, plus sixteen hundred, point seventeen U. and then Craig, round three and 4 uh, 0.17 uh.17U each at twenty plus twenty eight hundred and plus four thousand. All right, let's speed through the rest of these, shall we? Uh main event. Um I didn't get a chance to post this yet, but it's up on the Action Network. I already have my uh, betting analysis up and up, up up and pubbed for this one. Uh we got Michael Morales, the Spider Man, and he has a Spider Man in his Instagram, so I feel less bad making that association, because clearly this guy is himself. Um, I'm not caught up with that Spider-Man iteration. It looks cool, so apologies, folks. But we got Michael Morales, minus 305. Jake Matthews! Jake Matthews! Jake? uh, Cat Stevens Matthews, uh, plus 245. <laughs> um, yeah, you guys know I'm a big Jake Matthews fan. Um, you know, seeing the number is tempting. But when I went and looked at it, um, this is another one where, you know, this feels like Dogger Pass, you know, even before the line inflation when Morales was still closer to his opener at, like, minus 250. At least for me, that's still parlay territory, right? With, with my bankroll and most people's, most, how most people play. Um, so even that was like, ooh, we're we really going to trust this guy? We got to see more from this guy. And again, you know, he's not Mackenzie Dern out here. Like, he is looking better each fight. His offense is definitely looking better. His offense is better than Dern's. But he does keep that chin really, really high. And you get a comfortable wrestler with knockout power. Like, that's who... That's who there's going to be a nightmare for this kid. Excuse me. That's when we're really going to find out slash see Morales forced to dig. Could be this fight too, right? Jake Matthews has better boxing. Um, but here's the problem: is that Jake Matthews, not just his consistency, which has been a theme throughout his career, right? Um, especially as he was as he was uh, aging and growing out of lightweight, you really see the inconsistencies there. Still trying to find his footing, but at the same time, he's still only 29 years old. And for his inconsistencies, Jake Matthews has been improving. You know, uh, especially his striking. You know, he can he has some underrated kicks. He can switch stances. But it's really his boxing and his bodywork from Orthodox that has really been the most improved. Um, the problem is, though, is that Morales' defense seems to really be uh, exploited. And both stylistically, him overall stylistically, his theme, him as a fighter, this is kind of how you should approach him. And also because his defense is bad. His poorest defense is exacerbated when you do this. And that, that, it, that thing that I'm alluding to is pressure pressure. You gotta have someone who can pressure to. Pressure, wrestle good enough to defend takedowns or get up off their feet and have knockout power. Those are the things you need to beat Michael Morales. Even a more refined version, which he still is not. I expect him to improve at this age, as you should. But that defense is troubling. But What's troubling is, if you want to take Matthews, is that he will put his back to the cage. And that is Michael Morales' kill zone. Even his couple back foot knockouts where he was just asking for it with his chin in the air, but because he has power and proprioception and the confidence to get behind that power and proprioception and just stay in the pocket at his own risk of demise, um, high risk, well, high reward, right? Um, but even in those instances uh, where he got kind of like that back foot knockout-ish on his last one or two fights, I forget what it was, or maybe not knockout, but down. I think he knocked down Max Griffin on the back foot. Um even that was near the cage, right? And that's where Jake Matthews tends to hang out, you know. And um, I don't like that, you know. Uh, Jake Matthews is good when he pressures guys at the cage. That's where he got. Uh, that's where he got, you know, uh, Filho, Andre Filaho, right? That, that, my my round two Matthews, that was a big score for your boy here. Um, but if you remember, he initially sparked it off off the back foot off the counter. Now again. Even though I picked Matthews by round two submission technically, I said don't sleep on his striking, and I thought the submission would be probably teed off more from a club and sub. Um, and you saw why. He's able to clip Filho, who doesn't have a great chin, like I've been saying, right? And has been proven since that fight. Um, you know, but that was off the back foot. I don't know if... Not saying he can't. He certainly can't, especially with the poorest defensive Morales. But, you know, again... Morales is going to have a huge reach on him. Uh, 79 inches, right, is his reach. Um, taller, longer fighter, proprioception, have that power edge. And you look at it too, Jake Matthews likes kind of doing that. And I'm not trying to, as people love to pick a side, like they're, like there's some side that's right or always right or something in these arguments or any argument. But like I'm not trying to do check hook versus the right hand. But yes, part of the risk of throwing the check hook is you have a much more sweeter, pinpoint, kind of high-risk, high-reward kind of a deal, right? But the risk is you miss the, you miss your interception, you can allow a right hand to go over the top. You miss time it, you can allow a right hand to go over the top. Um, and Jake Matthews, we've seen that. In fact, he's been dropped by right hands. He had a really good chin historically, but then you see him get dropped a lot more recently. And I went back to watch the tape, as I do, and uh, he actually has been dropped by right hands in multiple times in two of his last three fights. And, again, coincidentally enough, they were when he had his back to the cage. The one where he didn't have his back to the cage is when, again, where, again, the the problem area, right? I I, I mentioned it for a fighter earlier with uh, Jason Jackson, I believe. A lot of these problems, regardless of his positioning, whether he's in the positive or the negative cage positioning, it just tends to be a bad area for him, right? And even though, you know, Matthews would eventually finish Philoho after already hurting him in another instance, as I pointed out, against the fence, you tend to forget, and I know I forgot until I went back to rewatch it for this podcast, was that at the end of the first round, um, Jake Matthews actually almost outdoes all his work, you know, and uh, almost gets the round and the fight stolen from him, so to speak. I know the judges hate using those words, steal, uh, when they're doing their official uh, communications. But yeah, uh, at the very end of the round, again... Andre, he's the one actually has his back to the fence, oddly enough, and and Jake actually has the positive. Jake Mathews actually has the positive position, and he gets clipped by filo You know, I know that's Philo's thing is punching, but at the same time, it was like, ooh, you know, that doesn't that does not age as well, right? And uh, and yeah, so seeing that and seeing that, you know, he's got a, a thing for the right hand. Morales, he just kind of can't miss it, whether he varies uppercuts or overhands. I couldn't get that out of my head. Um, so even though a competitive decision is more than on the table and e- e- even though I probably should be staying away from this fight and was thinking of making it just a lean, but either way I played it anyways so that I put my money where my mouth is, um, I get it, you know, it's, it, it, only a fool would make a bet thinking they, they, they have no, no chance of losing, like there's definitely a chance of losing this one, but I went with a total again and, uh, at least I like the overs and you get money, better money for the overs. I, I don't like unders, and I went with the under. I went with the under 2.5 rounds, minus 135. They didn't go two units. I just went 1.35 units for a one-unit return. But uh, essentially, and I'm not getting cheeky with any round sprinkles like the last fight. That's the only play on this card. Put my money where my mouth is. Um, essentially, I just don't think they match up uh, You know, for the strikes. you know, um, I feel like we're going to be staying on the feet because Morales is the better wrestler. Um... And, you know, if anybody could get a submission, maybe maybe Morales could if he, you know, has a guillotine, because, you know, uh, if he does hurt Matthews the way I see he does, and Matthews, you know, even though he, he has been hurt and can be hurt, he is more durable than I give credit for, which makes me worry a bit on the under, but I could also see him in shooting and giving like, a guy like Morales his first guillotine win, you know? Wouldn't be his first submission win, but it would be his first guillotine win, on paper at least, right? Um, working with interim gym and some jiu-jitsu people, uh, kids got good good wrestling, uh, but ultimately, it's that right hand availability. Now, on the Matthews side, even though I just kind of credited, uh, even though I just admitted that I could oddly enough maybe even see a submission the other way more than Matthews getting it, um, Matthews' upset is more by KO. Now, the odds makers tend to agree with me because they like priced it like plus 600 KO compared to like plus 1000 for sub. When I feel like it should, I, I figured it was going to be reversed because Matthews is the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu black belt and the more known grappling. Person in the smaller octagon, right? Um, but that being said, I I agree with him. I was just hoping to get more of a contrarian thing than I definitely would have sprinkled if you had like plus 1,000 Matthews by KO. Because again, Morales is poor as defense, and if it's not Matthews, it's going to be somebody, you know? And not just poor as defense on the chin. Um, something I noticed uh, in the Vera, it might have been the Vera Technikov fight, but this guy doesn't like getting hit to the body. Uh, a couple fighters now have hit him to the body, and he showed to visibly not like it, right? And Matthews, even though he doesn't do it enough, he has really uh, been making it a point to incorporate body work, whether it's punches or even front kicks. So, again, Morales' defense is too much for me to trust him at this price, much less at this point of his career. I need to see more. The smart move is probably not to bet this fight and to wait and see. Um it's dog or pass probably from a betting perspective, but I don't feel strong enough for Matthews. So again, I'm going to take the under here and at least I'll get covers for coverage for Matthews upset. I feel like if Matthews gets the upset, it's probably going to be, you know, 90% it's done inside the distance, 10% by decision or something like that. Maybe 85, 15, uh, or something like that. Maybe even 80, 20, right. If I want to, you know, give benefit of the doubt there. But, uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. I think these guys are both north of 75 percentile to finish the fight. The odds don't necessarily reflect that. So, there's value in the under by that logic. Even though I hate playing totals and I hate playing unders. Under 2.5 rounds, minus 135, 1.35 units for a unit return. Chase Hoopa, minus 218. Jordan, love it or leave it. You got it at Levitt's, plus 180. Um, Yeah, man, this one... Even without my stated bias that I'm going to state right now, I don't know Jordan Levitt. For what it's worth, he beat like an old training partner of mine in the amateurs uh, for the organization I used to fight at tough enough. Ty- Shout out to my guy, Tyler Noss. I forget how young some of these guys are, like Jordan Levitt. I read something where he was like, Oh, I read Jack Slack in high school. I'm like, How old are you? I'm like, Oh, no, wait. That's right. You beat my guy, Tyler Noss, who was like uh, born in the year that I got my first black belt, you know? Uh, I was like, What year were you born? <laughs> it was like, 94. I'm like, I already competed at Taekwondo Nationals (laughs) at that point. Wow. And uh, and I'm sitting there sparring with these kids in amateur fighting practices back in 2012. So it would make sense that, uh, you know, these kids fresh out of high school, yeah, Levitt's right around that age. Um, Of course, he trains at Syndicate. um, And even though uh, Neil Melanson's not uh, associated with that gym or really any gym right now, uh, of course, my guy, Coach Neil, uh, he is my kind of family member, I guess, even though I don't know Jordan or have a... I actually met him out when I was cornering Oscar Willis. Actually, uh, uh, it must have been a syndicate fight up next, and uh, I don't know if Levitt was caught without like a bucket or whatever. But he came up to me, and say, like, "Hey, can I can I use your bucket or this or that?" And I'm like, "Yeah, sure, man." He's a really really nice dude. Um, just shared equipment, you know, just that backstage camaraderie that you tend to have in the corners. Uh, seems like a nice guy, but I don't know personally anything like that. That being said, I'm going to state the training bias uh, because you know, I, I got I do really feel that you know I felt that you know. He was live against Paddy um, even though I didn't uh, pick him in that spot. Because, uh, again, just because it's a Neil Melanson guy or Eric Nixick or Shreem Couture, or anything, any kind of other bias, doesn't mean I can't stay for professional pick against him. I often actually do. I, I do my best to do that, folks. Um, but, yeah, I did believe that, you know, Levitt had better, show, could show better in striking, which he did in his next fight, for what that's worth. And that, you know, he had better to show from submissions if he didn't get caught. And what was, as much as I, you know... I'm not a Patty Pimblet fan, so to speak. Uh, I definitely will give credit where credit's due. And even if you're a Patty Pimblet hater, you got to give credit to that move, that sweet uh, front headlock to the back take with the arm grab. It was like one of those perfect things that you absolutely got to give credit for, but it's not one of the most highest percentage replicable things, not just for Patty Pimblett, but for anybody. Or else we would have seen that more, right? So if that thing doesn't happen, how does that fight play out? And I know that's so unfair to do, But I got to do it here, folks. I got to do it here because I did it at the time. I did it after the fight, despite not picking Levitt, but was proven right in the subsequent fight for what that's worth. Um, But yeah, you know, can he do it here against a guy who you know is going to be able to scramble and it's going to make it ugly? We're in the small cage, which is like the Chase Hooper special, right? But again, Jordan Levitt, man, I I believe he's better than he shows. You know, he's had his slip-ups here or there. Uh, but he's also a guy that can not just, you know, he can win a decision. He can win a, uh, TKO. Now that Chase Super can't, obviously we've seen him do it as well, but, uh, you know, uh, you, you forget about that Matt Wyman slam, you know, that, that Jordan Levitt got as well. Like, I know that's not replicable either, but, uh, even though he's been burned by stuff that's not the most replicable, he can also hit those opportunistic things as well. That being said, I do trust his process a little more, um, I will admit, there is one fight that I did not get to watch before this, of this, uh, which was uh, the Hooper's last fight, and he did show improvements there, you know, it's in 2023, as opposed to his fight before then in 2022, so I am definitely expecting a better Chase Hooper here, uh, but again, throwing my bias outside, I don't even disagree so much that Chase is favored, I'm, again, I'm not sitting here and like, the wrong guy is favored, this is crazy, like, no, what I am saying is, those, no matter who you think is favored, I will say that I don't think it should be this wide. This is even wider than the previous example that I used it for, right? This is north of a 2-1 to spread, depending on where you look at for Mr. Chase Hooper there. He's up at, like, two thir- minus 235 at some spots, right? Um, and I know it's not too much far above the opener, but again, whether it's opened that way or public money... Uh, you know, not that I advocate disrespecting people. I'm friends with a lot of the public betters. I'm friends with people who make these lines, folks. I'm friends with statisticians. But that doesn't mean I don't shit on stats when it's appropriate. That doesn't mean I don't call it out and put my money where my mouth is when I disagree with an opener or where a line is set. And that sure as shit, you guys know this for a fact, doesn't mean I'm going to be scared to fade the public because I love fading the public. Love it. Keep fading old people, fuckers, while this old guy cashes. I'm sorry. I know I, I, I can't talk shit. I'm still in the. I'm still. I'm still in the red here, folks. Uh, I'm still in the red. I'm in striking distance, though. In fact, if we, you know, even though I'm not going to complain, we had a, a great night. You know, um, I didn't lose any $1,000 swings, even though I didn't technically win any $1,000 swings, even though again I profited more than that. But I'm talking about single bet swings here, folks, we'll say we still do. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not content. I, we still got. I have not forgotten about. Um, I own the bad bets, but I have not forgotten about the bad beats. Um, and and there is you know this variance thing y'all speak of. There's still a lot of old, old 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 Danny Boy's way here. So um so yeah I uh, I'm sorry I'm, I'm going off on a thing here. But yeah I don't I don't know I don't know where I'm going with this. But basically yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Levitt here. I don't think you could justify the line being that wide again. I'm not I'm not that's what I back to earth on yeah. I'm not afraid of you know the line or the the, the public money so to speak um but uh if i can get uh levitt I'm, I'm seeing him at plus 180 right now i'm a little greedy and part of me wants to hold out for like a plus 185 i don't know if we're gonna get it i may pull the trigger on plus 180 at least that is a nickel of uh of extra than what he opened at plus 175 which i still think is a, is kind of a stupid line even if he loses this, this should be closer to a pick of folks so for that reason alone i uh, picking levitt and don't need to justify it but again I will come clean on the bias with Neil Melanson, but we'll mention that because Jordan Levitt's a really good grappler, folks. He's got a really good grappling coach. He's really taking this one to heart. And, um, you know, he said, what did he say? You'll pay for your insolence." I love that. And, you know, maybe there's also some weird juju, you know. I got, uh, my, my mom came to visit to help uh, my dog, Ben, with his surgery. He's he's doing okay. The cancers were non uh, can- cancer. Can- the tumors were non-cancerous, and he's actually healing really good despite having a giant Fucking lump and you know, some he's and broken teeth and stuff. He's doing great, but my aunt sent sent something with my mom to give to Ben, and it, it is uh, it's the monkey king, monkey, 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 monkey time. All right, monkey king time, baby. All right, you got it. We're going with Jordan Levitt. Um, I didn't officially pull the trigger, I probably will by the end of this podcast because I'll probably end up getting scared. Um, to to for the line to go back the other way. Um, but yeah, uh, none in the books, but you can expect a Levitt play, probably just kicking for coverage on the money line. There, all right. Uh, next fight, uh, we got Peyton uh, Talbot. Um, man, I gotta be going through my contender series, grading the winners. Like, I swear, especially for these Apex cards and just the way the UFC is with their roster now. Like. Before, I'd have my tabs of, like, oh, I did an in-depth breakdown on this guy. Okay, well, my in-depth breakdown, as you guys know, I have, like, notes, stats, written stuff galore. So I pull those up for reference points. Hopefully, you do the same. And I always say to do the same for these Contender Series fighters, but since they populate the majority of the cards, feels like everything's a grading the winner's thing. Peyton Tablet, out of range, minus 800. Nick Aguirre, uh, plus 550. Obviously, I'm probably going to be picking Tablet, uh, Talbot here, but MMA, too volatile, not proven enough. Um, I'll give more information on my quick picks. You can see more of my thoughts on Talbot by going to read grading the winners, which I still have yet to do in this fight. Obviously, I'm not in a rush to break this one down or throw my money at a minus 800 debutante um, against a guy who you could argue is due. But uh, I do remember uh, that, that definitely Peyton had, had that kind of the it factor, right? So he's going to get that line, whether it's justified it or not. So we'll see. Maybe we can get some sweet fade material from it. Who knows? Um,. Let's see here. We got uh, Amanda Hibas. Uh, minus 238, Luana Pinheiro, plus 195. I haven't looked at this one yet. Uh, I'm going to lean toward the favorite, but WMA over a 2-1 to favorite, you know, I don't like that. So even if I do pick it, I doubt you'll see me having a, a Hibas play. Um, we'll see. Maybe uh, maybe I end up on Pinheiro when you go and see me on Fight Day at DanTomMMA where I post all my picks and plays course MMA junkie.com on fight day for my quick picks and prognostications. You'll tune in tomorrow. Uh, I'm recording this on a Thursday, so you tune in on Friday uh, for Bellator 301. You'll see my quick picks there. Tune in on Saturday for UFC Vegas 82. You will see my quick picks there. All right, opening the main card, at least as of right now, I believe. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Uh, Jonathan Pierce minus 130. Joe Anderson Brito plus 110. Everyone's scared to touch this one. And I get it. Um, I, uh, I I like Brito here. Um, I, I'll be honest. Uh, this one I went off of. Uh, I went off of uh, uh, memory because I'm, I'm very familiar with both guys. I've been following both guys and either and, and betting on their fights usually in one way or another. Um, and essentially, you know, I'd feel better if this was Rafael Alves who has a mean guillotine. I feel like those two can get confused easily, but. Uh, similar to Rafael is Brito is another just Brazilian war horse um, Gets disrespected, you know uh, by the odds maker so to speak typical one of those dudes uh, will fight for your money So I don't feel bad. It's not the it's not the sexiest plus number, right? Um, Jonathan Pierce is a guy who is another guy like Chase Hooper uh, a grapply chain grappler or a grindy chain grappler. He love the small cage is his shit. That is his home court advantage I am well aware of that which is probably why he is slightly favored but I still don't feel like Jonathan Pierce is all that trustworthy. And um You know, uh, his wins a lot of his wins were against, you know, weights on short notice when he's a guy who's who's a giant featherweight coming down from lightweight, you know. I know the Kai Kamaka one looks impressive, but that, you know, Kai again, Kai's a weight fighting was fighting on short notice. Took that fight on very short notice, I believe. Um C Rod, you know, is a, is a, is is kind of an underrated guy, right? As we've seen. But again, he's underrated Bantamweight. And he's kind of small for a weight at that, right? Um, again, fighting a giant featherweight who usually fights and will probably finish his, should finish his career at lightweight. And Jonathan Pierce, who looks like he cuts a ton of weight to make this limit. And, you know, I don't know how what that's going to say about his chin against a guy like Joe Anderson Brito, who, you know, has essentially pound for pound heavyweight power at that weight with, with the guys that he's been able to get out of there. I mean, Feely... Feely's got that island Island boy chin, too, you know what I'm saying? Is he's not an easy guy to do that to, despite his frame, you know, and the fact, the fact that he's been knocked out before. It's been big things that knock that guy out, right? So yeah. Nothing crazy to say. Just essentially kicking for coverage on Joe Anderson. Brito, you're getting, you know. I uh, maybe, maybe you could make an argument. I wouldn't. I would still say that the favorite is the right, the spread is right, but I'm just Getting a nice value on, it uh, not nice value. It's not a crazy number, but I'm getting the plus number um, on a guy who's more than capable of winning this fight. and He's going to fight for that money at least. I won't, you know, regret it too much. Just a one unit shot, nothing, nothing, nothing fancy. Um, <clears throat> Chan and Hellinger is another dog I'm going to be looking at. Plus 164. Uh, he faces Jose Johnson minus 198. Um, I like Ann Hellinger. I have to refresh myself on Johnson. He's just a very, he's always been a very forgettable fighter for me. I've covered him before seen him fight a whole bunch even on the regionals um, it's just, just always very forgettable to me so I gotta, I gotta look back at that fight but I have no interest in playing Johnson if I pick him um, that feels like a dogger pass uh, apologies I know it's bad enough to hear uh, even if we do a decent job like you may accuse me of sometimes uh, I'm gonna lean into the uh, really ignorant Yank version which you know any Yank doing English personations like chalkboard to English people's ears I apologize to you but uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with the pod yourself a gun. Um, Matt is it Matt Lieb? His accent, his English. Accent, oh Roy, fucking Mick Balkin, Roy. <laughs> That's just what I picture him. He looks like the uh, he looks like the uh, the cop from uh, a Clockwork Orange. Wow, Dan, early 70s. Well, it's not the 60s. At least I'm you know at least I'm referencing 70s film. Um, yeah, he looks like the, that big kind of a chubby cop from uh, Clockwork Orange. <laughs> where 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 Roy? Oh, Mick fucking Parkin. (laughs) Sorry. I can't even do the ignorant one. I hurt my own fucking head doing that. I apologize to my friends across the pond. I'm going to pick Mick Mick Parkin. I I was not impressed with Kyle Machado. I didn't go back to read or rewatch his fight or read my review, but I remember the, 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 the fight and the review quite well. And, um, and yeah, I don't think that, uh, his arguably aimless kind of style and monotonous kind of style is going to put any kind of fear or throw McParkin off too badly. Um, you know, so uh, I'll pick McParkin here, but I haven't looked into this fight, nor this is a fight that I really want to look into or get involved. So will I have to look into it? Is it on the main card? Please tell me it's not. Oh, wow, they actually kept the heavyweight on the... Wow, they kept the apex card with the heavyweights off the main card for once. I, I'm telling you, I got to give credit where it's due. Um, they really beat the hell out of us for, like, a year and a half there, but I think they're finally, uh, throwing lighter weight fighters on main cards again. Who knew? Entertainment. Value. Good divisions. It happens. Uh, alright, um, next fight going down, uh, Eurus, oh, this one could be opening the main card, my bad. Uh, we'll see. Uh, not Anderson Brito, Jonathan Pierce, um. Euros Medich, who is uh, no longer facing Johnny Parsons, which was arguably one of the more fun fights that this card had to offer. Euros uh, Medich, uh, he's actually now the underdog. Wow. Well, the other guys, isn't he like an LFA champ or something? Yeah, he opened as the dog, too. Uh, against McTybeck Oral, Oral Boy? <laughs> Please tell <help. laughs> me. I didn't listen to the MMA analysis yet, so we either just had a great minds think alike, or you guys are uh, you know, accusing me of uh, accuse, or accusing me of being a hack. I don't know. That feels like a very MMA analysis nickname, so I'm not trying to jock on their uh their shtick there. But uh Oh boy. Oh boy, oh boy. Um, yeah, this guy <laughs> my god, man. Like I I think I saw like people being really, you know, I know I come off as like the Dagestani hater or whatever, but man, I saw some really unfortunate comments being made on Mislav Makachev that I'd be lying if I didn't say I saw it coming. It's just one of those things where, like, you know, I I can pretend to be you know moralistic, but I've got such I've got a fucking awful sense of humor, folks. So I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna pretend I'm a good person. I've got an awful sense of humor. Um, I see the jokes. Um, and uh, sometimes it's just like. Sometimes the comment section both never disappoints, yet disappoints at the same time. And sure enough, I went to the comment section of the Oral Boy guy. And, uh, yeah, like i was just like, this guy looks like... I, maybe it's because I just got done watching and sharing um, that Dave Caveman Rickles doing the Caveman walkout, the prehistoric walkout. But I feel like this guy, uh, uh, uh Oral Boy, I feel like he should have been doing that walkout. You know what I'm saying? Or it wouldn't have been as good because it would have been like so real. Like... It, it almost takes the joke away from the Clay Guida, I think the Geico, I think a caveman, the Dave Because, like this guy looks like I mean, you know, I made the joke about the demolition man, like cryogenically freezing fighters. Like the UFC looks like they're literally unfreezing prehistoric guys to fill these cards at this point. Like the schedule has gotten so crazy we are we're taking you know, we're unfreezing Oral Boy and throwing him in there against uh the Medic, you know, to see uh to see what what kind of uh revival uh, can happen um, Obviously I'm not trying to be disrespectful um, This guy I'm, I'm going to have to look into this matchup Both because he's favored and that interests me um, <clears throat> As well as um, The fact that I have to Because it's on the main card so I have to write about it I'll, I'll, I'll be doing that tonight And I have to turn everything in tomorrow morning So uh, yeah I'm going to be burning The midnight oils I still got to get my best bet Prop squad and some of these Main card fights Looked at but uh I can give you guys the leans, you know, like, for example, like, you know, doubt I'll be playing anything on the Talbot Aguirre fight, for example. You know what I'm saying? And it's not even like a Talbot or Aguirre are like one-round finishers or one-round losers, and Aguirre's taking the fight on short notice so we can do the Rebecca thing and just set it and forget it in round one. Like You can't even do that with that fight, you know what I'm saying? So uh, I'll give you guys my leans on some of these fights that I didn't, you know, look into too deeply for, for somewhat of a reason. I try to prioritize. Uh, but we got... Uh, Aileen Perez, minus 185, Lu- Lucia Podolova. Um, Unless you're playing, you know, Lucia uh, Puddle of Love. Lu- That's an old school PYM podcast nickname, Lucia Pujlova. Or, or as I say, Lucy Puddle of Lu- Love. Don't think about the nickname too much. It uh, gets more disturbing the more you do. But the point is, Jesus Christ, unless you're playing Puddle of Love or playing in the Puddle of uh, Jesus Christ. Unless you're playing the dog. Let's keep it clean, Dan. Let's keep it clean. Stay on target. Uh, yeah, I would probably stay away from that one, obviously. Maybe I'll even take Puddle of Love and, and Toutmaster. Uh, I don't know. I can't even remember who Jekka Seregi is. Plus 390, Lucas Alexander, minus 520. Um, I do know that Lucas Alexander lost to Joe Anderson Brito, who's on this card, and he was an underdog on this card, and then Lucas Alexander, minus 520 against this Jekka Seregi character. I don't even know if that's worth looking into, whatever that is. Um... Here's a fight that I'll be interested in on in the, in the line movement: Nicholas Mata minus 135, Trey Ogden plus 114. Um, obviously, there's bias. Nicholas Mata is, you know, uh, you know, part of the uh, extreme couture. Mads Burdell. Uh It's funny watching them go at each other all the time. Um, that kind of a crew. So maybe there's a little bit of bias there. But Nicholas Mata is a guy who's been, you know, I was really happy when he got his his, his win by knockout and cashed on that. Um, for his one UFC one, because it was you know it, this guy's been been slugging it out on the um, it wasn't his debut because he, he, that's where he lost to Miller I believe to get in a short notice but uh yeah man it's one of those Brazilians who just you know took the hard road you know fighting for nothing gaining experience on the regionals um so it makes his his record and perception you know uh maybe not as good as it should be but at the same time he is an action fighter who is not beyond you know uh, getting knocked out of there, right, as well. You can't deny that. Um, hence, he's going to be in kind of closely lined fights um, where he currently competes, right? So, yeah, uh, basically, I'm going to pick Mata, and I'm not telling you to play him or whatever, but for me and for the sake of value, if uh, I get the minus 150 favorite, which I believe is justified. Doesn't mean he's going to win, but I believe he's justified as a minus 50, 150 favorite over Ogden. Um, if he goes down to uh, not just plus money, but if he gets down to like near-even money, like minus 110. Um, I'll probably take a shot on Nicholas Mata out of principle there and just kick for coverage. Um, so there's that. Uh, Charles Johnson is another underdog I might be interested in looking at. He is pu- currently plus 124. And I could play him right now for the value argument because he's already almost did a complete flip, a whole 180 or whatever reverse, however you want to call it, because he opened at minus 130. He's almost exactly mirrored opposite of that at plus money. So that alone, that being said, uh, I do remember that I did like what I saw from Rafael Estevan. so I'm going to rewatch a bit of him, reread what I wrote about him, and go from there. I got a good feel on Charles Johnson. Uh, he's a guy I've, I've, I've had tabs on and have had plays and research for that reason well because of. So it's more the Esteban side. I want to refresh myself to see if this line movement is justified, or we just perhaps got another justified dog shot, right? So I still have room in my docket to add one or maybe two more plays to this card um, and then I think Christian Leroy Dunklin versus Dennis is no longer on the card so alright how did we do on time 209 Jesus what a long fucking show we had a long ways to go sorry folks uh, I'm going to try to clean up the chat real quick and then we'll recap uh, picks and plays for both Bellator and UFC um, ba-da-ba-bum, ba-da-ba-bum, uh, Ghosts hey both Craig and Alan uh, fought Moonies, who is a southpaw. They both used rear kicks effectively, but probably negligible in our analysis, both orthodox. Yep, that's right. And they both also have sneaky uh, switch kicks, so I wonder if they'll both try to get the jump on the other guy uh, since they both could be expecting the right side kick. And they do the open side since it's a um, same stance, orthodox versus orthodox. James Kendrick, I asked Drake, and Alex Buchanan on the Sound and Pound podcast but do you like Paul Craig's style of uh, getting beat up and then winning by sub or Paul Craig just getting beat up? Um, Obviously, I love his style of getting beat up and winning by sub, but I will say, Paul Craig's got underrated ground and pound, man. If he gets on top on this fight, like, watch out. He could either win outright or just change the course of the fight to where he wins later on in the fight. Um, uh, James Kendrick, can we get a Jake Matthews accent while you say Jimmy Crute for our friend Jimmy Fackin' Crute? Jake Matthews, Jimmy fucking Creep, Rio Susan Truesdale. When Jake Matthews fought Andre Filaho, appreciate using the proper name. Uh, was that a case of Filaho Thank you for <laughs> using Was that a case of Philaho taking the fight on short notice, or a testament to Jake's skill? I don't believe Filaho took that fight on short notice. Uh, even though he was taking a lot of fight fights on short notice on that time, and to his own testament preferred to. Um, but I don't have a solid answer off the top of my head. Uh, Jimmy Kudo, you talked about Matthew's front kick to the body. Would it be better for him to jab to the body in this situation to stop the takedown and doesn't give up a leg? Yeah, ab- yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a great point there. Uh, a, a body jab wouldn't be bad, especially you know going off his jabs and uh, hooks. Um, Jimmy Kudo adds, which is better in your opinion for orthodox or orthodox matchup: jab to the body or uh, front kick to the body? Oh, easy, jab to the body. Um, I've been doing a lot of body jabs too, especially with Poetan, uh, just watching a lot of footage of him. Uh, I, was, I was doing doing the uh, circling of the stepping in body jab, man. It's just beautiful. It's beautiful. It's a great shot to do from um, uh, orthodox to orthodox. And when I'm in southpaw, I'll often, if I'm doing a, a shifting step off at an angle, I'll kind of do that G- Junior De Santos where you step off at an angle and change your level, shift into the uh, body jab. JDS steep A1, I believe. Uh, I'm no Patty Pimblett fan, but I agree with you, Dan. The Asoto to the body triangle with Levitt's arm trap was cool. And I say that as a Jordan Levitt fan. Okay, I feel less crazy there. Thank you, Ghost. Synchro Wing, what's your opinion on the cross check in an open stance matchup? The move where you bring the lead hand to touch your rear el- elbow to block uh, a body kick. Uh, and your lead hand to touch your rear elbow. Oh, yeah. Um, those are good. I, I was actually practicing those and reminding myself of a detail to keep a kind of a, a hangover hand. Um, if you're talking about the uh, the cross-checking with the arms this way, Muay Thai blocks, so the kick doesn't slide up and over and go to your head, kind of as a safety cap. Um, if that's what you're talking about I know terminology, you can get tricky. Last two, James Kendrick, word on the street. You got some yam baggery on this car, plus 600 on a fight to end DQ in uh, any an open ma- stance matchup Lou Betje reference. Shout out to Lou Betje and the Yambags. I was actually thinking about that this card. Um, I didn't see anything that jumped off the page, but I'll tell you what I was thinking before I get to Rain Lamina's, which was um, I was talking to my guy Brad. I was thinking about almost, you know, there's four cards left, and with the I was reminded that I was still thinking like it was back in the day where they were giving you plus 8,000 or plus eighty four plus 8,400 for draws. Draws are much more common these days, so I believe they've lowered the price in the last few years to where I believe the average roughly plus 5,000. And if you do that, divide it up by an average of 12 to 13 fights per card, uh, no matter what the amount, whether it's a Scottie Pippen or a .17 U, you bet the draw on everything. You would essentially have to hit one draw within three fight cards to justify it slash secure yourself a profit. And it felt like we've had draws in like five of the last six cards because I've been cashing on a lot of pushes on my round robins. But I'm remembering that those weren't all draws. They were A lot of those were actually no contests. However, two of the last three cards... Um, had at least one draw on it. Or or the last two cards in a row at least had one draw on it. And the last three cards in a row should have had at least one draw on it if you are arguably the Usman-Khamshat-Shemaya fight was scored correctly. And there's another fight on that same very Abu Dhabi card, 294, I believe, that could have been argued as a draw. Uh, The point is we are seeing those much more. And I know we talked about the refs taking their turn being on the out wheel right? Like being on the wheel, of the boo shame taking their terms, doing the shame walk. But what's one thing we've noticed, right? It's like, yeah, it's scary. You know, the fighter that we've seen guys like Mike Bell, not give the 10, eight, even though he's most known to give the 10, eight, right? But whether it's Mike Bell or uh, Brian minor, who are very well-respected judges within people who actually track these things and not just shit on judges to shit on judges. That being said, those guys, some of their most noticeable mess ups were the fact that they didn't give a 10-8. Now, I will say that is a good sign for everybody, judges, uh, as well as the intelligence of the overall MMA community in general progressing, moving in the right direction, right? We are calling people out for not giving the 10-8s, whereas the general attitude whether it was with circles or what uh, close circles of the commissions to what their decisions kind of generate for our perceptions and expectancy biases is that we tend to not expect as many 10 right? So seeing everybody moving that direction is good. Dana White, of course, through a wrench in these things with the Blachowicz Adesanya fight in 2021. And it's been, again, it's been the, 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 the it's been the, uh, over correction, correction, over correction game that I often talk about. I talked about it just in this podcast with judging, and reffing, how it comes up, right? And we've seen that with the overall criteria movement in spite of their 10-8 uh, meeting. That being said, even though they're still not on the same board and those criticisms are more than fair to throw at the judges um, with a lot of these things, even though you know, people tend to go too hard, yada, yada. that's doesn't mean it's coming from an unfair place. Um, I will say they have been better about giving the 10-8. And again, it's more encouraged. So I think that you need the right combination of the right kind of cards and the right kind of matchups along with this trend. Otherwise, betting draws um, is kind of like betting the yam bags, even though I'm, I'm a more of a big fan of Lou and the yam bags for what it's worth on those bets, by the way. Uh, but they're arguably, you know, we see more draws now than we see points taken, right? You know what I'm saying? So uh, these things are very dangerous. They're very degenerate to bet. I'm not looking down on it. I am a degenerate myself when it comes to plenty of things. Not looking down on it, not nose-upping it not hating on anybody I'm just saying realistically I'm doing the math and when you play these things for these kind of odds and I'm sure the yambe is kind of average out similar you're gonna to want to have to hit like one every three cards to make sure you're staying in a profit if you're gonna you know blind bet these things across and it's like well no you could be selective it's like can you because here's the danger and here's the dangerous part about being selective and I know I'm already going along here but this is this is important here's the dangerous part of being selective is you're gonna be like okay well then that means I'm not gonna waste money on uh, fights that are, you know, probably going to end inside the distance are favored and have proven finishers in them. It's like, wrong. Those are the fights that are most likely to get a draw because a draw entails that somebody got their ass kicked, right? So you're actually going to need those fight finishers, right? Also, cards in Brazil or in Texas, especially Texas, but as well as Brazil, both officiating in the scores, hometown cooking or bad judging or both, those... those are very volatile markets. They are. They are volatile markets that get that stereotype. However, those are also where you're going to see draws more often than not, right? We got a draw in Brazil, the last card, right? F- for example. And I believe we can see draws in Texas despite their volatile judging because well, this is something else I say, something to keep in mind, betters for next week, and I'm reminding myself out loud because I, I wish I reminded myself this with the betting the under in the main with the, you know, out jailman fight or betting, you know, and getting PTSD for the second time in a row. And not, you know, getting cheated out of a zaleski Santos sub um, is because what I always say for the refing part, it's Kumite rules. Whether you got Kerry Hatley or you got Eduardo Hurley uh, Hurdy or uh, uh, what do you call it? Osiris Myra down in Brazil. Like, these dudes are Kumite rule dudes. They let fucking fights go, man. These commissions are Kumite. They don't stop it unless the guy goes limp. Like, you're not getting the stoppage. It's something to keep in mind when you're betting these fights. Right? Right? It makes it more volatile. But back to the draw... These markets are, oddly enough, they're actually better for draws. Again, we just got a draw in Brazil. We're in Texas next week. Something to keep in mind, folks, is because you almost, you you need the violence bringers in the fight, but you also need the sole arbiter, the violence facilitators, the ref. You need someone to bring the violence, and you need someone to allow the violence to play out, right? You need those Kerry Hatley, Kumite style, like, you're still breathing, we're still fighting. You know what I'm saying? Because that's how you get the 10-8. That's how you get the 10-8 score, uh, because you have to allow the 10-8 round to complete, and also the person who got the 10-8 round is now probably tired because they probably should have gotten a stoppage, thought they were gonna get a stoppage, and let's see if they can survive the last two rounds and now you got your draw. So I've actually been tempted to, to start hitting some draw lines, actually, folks, but I didn't do it for this card. I may. I'll let you know. It's something I'm gonna be keeping my eye out, though, for the last of the year. Because again, you know, if you're if you're playing down like I am, if you're from still down and I need some 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 miracles. Maybe I just maybe I just I just spam that for the last three cards of the year, including the Texas card, and hope, hope we get at least one draw to justify it, right? So that's something there. Rain laminad, Dan, don't feel left out. We are all annoyed by the Dagestani's fan base. The fighters are good, but we want to but to see them lose just because the fan base is annoying. I feel that there. Synchroing, sorry, not the lead to the rear hand. I meant to the league-to-the-rear-elbow leg check. Oh, yeah, Peter Yon did against jo- Josie Aldo. Yeah, I love that one. I love that one. Uh, that, that, is, that is a cool one. I dig that one a lot, yes. Um, apparently, Matt Favola said he was working that check against Benoit Saint-Denis but didn't get a chance to show it. Um, all right, folks, It's it's been way too long. Sorry. I'll, I'll get you guys good timestamps. Let's get the fuck out of here. Uh, hit the like. Hit the subscribe. Five star ratings and reviews, please, thank you. At Dan Tom MMA at the PYN podcast on all social flat platforms. All right, Bellator 301. Only going to recap the main card here uh, for Bellator. I'm taking Amasov over Jackson. Taking Mix over Pettis, but it's Dogger Pass. Because I played Pettis. Uh, taking McKee over Outlaw. Taking Stotts over Sabatello. Taking Shabley over Fieti. Um I played. Uh, Pettis, uh, despite picking against him because of the odds, and I played Rafion Stotts. Uh, plus 122, one unit uh, for Stotts, plus 184, one unit for Pettis. Uh, for UFC, I am taking uh, Brendan All-In Allen over Paul Craig. I think I run a great Scotsman. Taking uh, Michael Spider-Man Morales over Jake Matthews. Jake Matthews. Taking Jordan Love-It-Or-Leave-It-The-Monkey-King- Love-It. <laughs> Woo! Uh... <laughs> over Chase Hooper, sorry for your ears. Uh, taking Peyton Talbot over Nick Aguirre. Taking Amanda Hibač probably over Panero. I don't know. Check me to see on quick picks and prognostications. Also check to see who I take between Euros. we just a couple of wild and crazy guys. Well, another 1970s skit reference, Dan. Uh, over um, what was that guy? What is? It? What was his name? Uh, Where's his name? Where's his name? Mick T. Beck, Oral Boy, uh, from 300 BC. Uh, I still got to look into that fight. Check me out, Dan Tom, me, uh my quick fix and prognostications on Junkie. Um, taking taking a shot on Brito over Levitt. Taking, we'll see if I take Ann Helliger over Johnson. I'm still undecided on that one. Taking Mick fucking Parkin' Raw Mick fucking Raw over, uh, sorry, Kyle Machado. Um, I'll probably take Lucy Puddle, of Love, Lucia Lucy Puddle of Love over uh, Aline Perez, but I don't want probably anything to do with that fight. I'll probably just take Puddle of Love and Toutmaster. Probably take Lucas Alexander but over Jekka Sheregi, but ooh, I don't want anything to do with that fight. Taking Mata over Ogden. I'll play it if I can get Mata toward even money if this line keeps trending. Give it to me, baby. <laughs> um, we'll see if I end up taking Charles Johnson over Rafael Estevam. Um, check me on quick picks and prognostications on fight day. And, okay, recapping plays again. Uh, stats and Pettis for Bellator, one unit each, at plus money. Uh, but for the UFC, uh, Brito, plus 110, one unit. Levitt, I'm going to be firing on that probably right after I get off the show at at least 180, if, unless I can get a better number. I'll, I'll take that instead, obviously. Uh, one unit, um, those are my only official straight plays as of now. We'll see if, again, I get that number on Mata. We'll see if I like Johnson or Helliger. Um, For totals are my main, big main plays. Of course, Allen and Craig is the biggest play over 1.5 minus 120 for two units. Uh, Morales, Matthews, under 2.5 minus 135, 1.35 units, risking for a one-unit return. And so far, the only props and round flyers I have in play are my sprinkles uh, with Allen round three plus 800.33U, Allen round four, four plus 1600.17U, as well as Craig round three plus 2800 and Craig round four plus 4000 point 17 you each of course round three and four of the hot rounds get your hot rounds here for that fight hopefully we take home some nice bonuses but we just need to cash that over to be home three on that one uh, and that is all I got so far you know I'll probably be taking looking at Frito round one for a round robin um, maybe an Allen round pop for a round robin if I need something um Maybe Morales or round two or something if I need something. I don't know. Uh, maybe. Who knows? Who knows what the heck the round robin will be in, to be honest. I know that uh, Brito round one is going to be something I'm going to look for in it for show, uh, but I don't know what else I will uh, look to spread the coverage with. Okay. Thank you guys very much. Awesome show, Dan. Thank you. Have a good weekend. I appreciate the love. Great show and good. Uh, thank you very much. Oh, great journey for doing the time. Since I appreciate you. Appreciate Jack Slack, timestamp guy, for showing me how to do it. Um, sorry for the long show. Hopefully, you guys dug it anyways. We covered a lot. Uh, have a good weekend. Enjoy uh, the fights. Uh, good luck on your picks and plays. And always protect. Yikes.